Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. The Savachi syndrome, I'm telling you, I'm like, well, holy shit, that was crazy. Wait for it. Thick and slick. <laughs> What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Moto Aftermath Show, episode number 180 here. We are back in studio, as you can see. Sorry for the audio quality last week. I know that kind of sucked a little bit. Um, but hey, we were just trying to kill two birds with one stone. We had a three and a half hour drive. We had stuff to talk about. Might as well try to loop it all into one. You live and you learn. And we learned that the audio quality there definitely... Not the best. I think the video turned out okay, though. You're right. The quality, obviously, you could hear what was going on in the background, but I watched a little bit of it <laughs> two days ago. And, like, usually when you watch videos like that, something looks stupid or something looks bad when you try to do dash videos. And I yeah. think it turned out okay, but you're right. The audio was not great. I don't but... know if we were getting vibration through the dash or if it was tire noise on the road. I'm not really to sure me, it what sounded we were like, picking up. To me, it sounded like your tires. Yeah, it did me, too. So, probably that. Sorry. Again, we'll try to make that better if we do that type of show in the future but hey we're back in studio now with the better audio recording same video recording anyway uh so sh like i said episode 180 before we get started here we got jam-packed show we got privateer hero kevin moran's coming up to talk to us about his day out at paula 2 fox 2 whatever you want to call it um we got uh we got the uh youtube legend johnny fucking hopper coming on tonight to chit chat with us about all sorts of fun stuff. Most controversial person on YouTube. Most controversial when it comes to person on YouTube when it comes something about carrots and ears and no oh boy. I'm confused with that. But anyway, before we get started, let's thank our sponsors. So first off, like to thank our presenting sponsors. Start off BC Pizza. BC Pizza. If you're in Kalamazoo, Portage, Plainwell, Otsego, Allegan area, make sure to check them out. Gourmet pizzas and junk. We had a car show there today. You had a car show there today? Yeah, I wasn't there, but we had a car show there today. Nice. How'd that go? Uh, you don't know. You weren't there. So No, but I know that we had pretty much the whole entire parking lot set to be blocked off. Um, they were bringing in a bunch of people because the Kalamazoo show is coming up soon. Yes. Um, and I know a bunch of those dudes from <clears throat> the Hot Riders Association were going to come. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Well, it's funny because like 1 o'clock, I completely forgot about it. And then 1 o'clock rolled around. I was like, oh. I was like, we have that car show today. <laughs> it's like, that's cool. Should have been, been there. Should have yeah, been there. Fine. So anyway, all right. So cool. So yeah, so make sure to check them out. Like I said, bc.pizza. If you're in the Southwest Michigan area, you can pretty much get there. So um, also sponsoring us, sponsor presenting sponsor from the beginning, TLR Coatings, Custom Powder Coating, Seracoating, Sandblasting, um, Vapor Blasting. They can do it all for you. TLRcoatings.com. Follow them on all major social media media networks at tlr coatings uh especially instagram check out all the cool stuff we do we do lots and lots of cool shit you can ship your parts right to us we will coat them we will take the time to go over with you what you want to do how you want to do it and uh give you a price that's pretty much dialed in before we even get started on it so that way you pretty much know what you're paying make it look pretty make it look pretty so tlrcoatings.com also want to thank premier custom trailers fresh enclosed trailer out there are you going to be vlogging on saturday yep 
hundred percent. All right. I was just wondering because like I don't know if did you already do a video today or like when you picked it up or. I have a video oh, okay. on my phone because I was wondering if that tomorrow. was gonna, okay. I was wondering if that was gonna be like the first time you were gonna like people were gonna see the trailer. No, I um, it was in. I did a story for the powder coating oh, okay. for TLR coatings the other day. It was in it, and I did a video today that I'm gonna put out in a story tomorrow. Okay, for the show. Um, yep, it's a big one, guys. Brand new ATC seven by fourteen, seven foot inside AC. <clears throat> Just got done putting the textured paint on the floor today. Uh, I got some wheel chocks and some tie-down things to go in there tomorrow. Yes, I know I can get wheel chocks and tie-down holders for E-Track. I don't have that stuff here yet, and I'm still trying to figure out cabinet placement and E-Track placement and all that. So for right now, we got the cheap wheel chocks. We got the cheap tie-down holders. We got some wood screws. We got some metal screws. We're going to just screw shit into the floor, put it in there, basically run it as just an extension of the truck at this point. It'll be dialed in for next year. It will be. I've got a cart full of shit on ebay loretta's 2022 shelves and stuff anyway um yeah so again <laughs> thanks to premier custom trailers for that justin do you need a trailer sure do you need is it commercial or residential 53 footer sick well premier custom trailers has what you need they work <laughs> with the best manufacturers in the industry and specialize in all your trailer needs sales service parts or rentals they do it all premier custom trailers.com Located five minutes south of Kalamazoo on US 131 in Schoolcraft, Michigan. They put the custom in customer service. By the way, Mm. got a sick deal on that thing. Mm. He told me the other day when I picked that up, if I were to order that exact same trailer right Mm. now, it would take me nine months to get it, Mm. and it would cost me $4,000 more than I paid for it. And that was already $2,000 more than when I started talking to him last year about getting one. Good to know people in high places. No, I literally just waited in line no, like everyone know. else. I mean, there you go. Wasn't any pushing into the front. So, uh, also want to thank all of our regular show sponsors. So, we'll start off with Alias Sport, aliassport.com, uh, CBD Chill Oil, CBD Pain Balm. I committed a sin. I did not, uh, I endorsed a product without trying it first. You're I, American, so I, it's fine. I. I fucked up, all right? It won't happen again, all right? Yeah, still haven't tried it yet? No, I've tried all these now. Oh. I used the chill oil uh, one night to sleep. It definitely helped uh, calm my brain down a little bit. Did you do the full droplet or like the half droplet? I had about three quarters. I was trying to get a full one because I was like, I need all this. Was this uh, after we got back? Because I remember- It wasn't that night. It was the next night I want to say I used it. No, that night I I wanted to get up and cycle in the morning. Oh. It's because I felt like crap. Yeah. For the way I ate while we were in Indiana, uh, so Taco no, Bell so, we had in the way home. Yeah, yeah, that Taco Bell. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah. So I have used that. I have used the pain balm too, because uh, my legs were sore after riding on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I think it was Tuesday. I don't know. Anyway, one day this week. Uh, yeah, no stuff works. Works great. Chill so. oil works. I have not used the double pain balm yet. I used the regular pain balm on my ankles. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, it, it works started, awesome. Yeah, it worked. I think started working within like forty minutes. Sweet. So yeah, no, it's. Uh, the product I definitely didn't really keep work. track of time. I just noticed that like it, yeah. the pain was subsiding. So yeah. anyway, uh, great stuff there from Alias Sport. Um, also want to thank Complete Racing Solutions. Now I know I said I would never promote anything that I haven't used. And we're going to stick with that because I have used mucho advice from Coach Rob with mm-hmm. my training. Mostly because I got fat and out of shape due to COVID. It's okay. So I had to get back in shape. He's coming out for the Hangtown show, right? 
Yes, he'll be on next week. Cool. So anyway, uh, CompleteRacingSolutions.com. They will help you out, get dialed in with your fitness. If you want to just lose weight, um, you want to just get a little healthier, you want to you know, be a pro racer. Be a better human. Be a better person. They can help you with that. And like I said, their, their services do work because I have taken much advice from Coach Rob on how to train. I have translated it into my own deal that I do because I've been training for a long time and I have a pretty good idea of things and but my body is changing because we're getting older. And uh, yeah, I'm here doing it. So they can actually help you. And if you listen and pay attention, you can actually, uh, you know, use their stuff and actually get in shape. Now, if you don't pay attention, then you probably won't lose weight. You probably won't gain fitness and you probably won't Just be the same average human you're being right now. Be the same piece of shit you are right now. So, you know, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, I also want to thank the Dirt Bike Depot, the dirt-bikedepot.com. They're helping us out with prizes for the fantasy show. They're coming on board next year uh, with some 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 more support for the show. So thanks to them. And then want to thank JT Cycle, jtcycle.com. Uh, Battle Creek's own little golden nugget of a dealership, I guess. I don't know. The person that, you know, introduced them to the show doesn't come around anymore. So. Yeah. So, but they are helping us uh, with some prizes. Speaking of the fantasy show, you want to explain to people why we didn't have a fantasy show yeah, this week? Yeah, I will. I will do that. Okay. So we do have the <laughs> fantasy podcast for anyone who doesn't know for Pulpamex Fantasy. Uh, we do the show usually on, so what we usually do is we record the show on Thursday night. So what happened this week is for those of you who don't know, um, Michigan is kind of a shit ho- shit show as far as mandates and everything go for school. Um, so without getting too deep into that, we have made the decision to not send our child to school with a mask this year. Um, and so we have been kind of playing the game of trying to find a school that doesn't require those. In all fairness, she suffers from headaches, nosebleeds, and nausea when she wears the mask all day. And amazingly, if she takes the mask off, all those three go away. So anyway, um, so we have been trying to find a way around that. Well, the first school we were going to go to uh, decided the day we were signing up for it that they were going to mandate it, so we decided to go away from that school. Second school we went to uh, got threatened by the state the next day. Um, So we went away from that school, and now we are homeschooling. And we had a meeting for homeschooling on thursday night they went until almost like nine o'clock and we usually record about eight o'clock eight thirty um and i completely forgot actually until i got out of that i didn't even have any service in there until uh yeah i was wondering what was going on yeah dude until i left about nine o'clock and then i saw your text and i was like oh shit i had zero service so anyway uh so we didn't record thursday night i said no problem we'll do it friday night uh friday night rolled around and i fucking forgot then i get a text from him tomorrow or yesterday going Dude, I fucked up and totally forgot about the fantasy show. I and I go, well, it's 2.30 on Saturday, so <laughs> it doesn't really now. matter now. Yep. So anyway, um, yeah, so that was totally my fuck up. I do apologize. Uh, we will announce the winner of the prizes from the glove box giveaway for Iron Man and for Paula 2, Paula two here uh, on the next show. We will do one on Thursday. Don't worry. I promise. Uh, we will do one on Thursday. So yeah, so that'll be a thing. So um, anyway... Make sure to check us out on all the major social media. If you guys want to support us in a monetary sense, there are merch links, Amazon links, and Patreon links in the description below. If you guys from YouTube want to listen to this, because I know it is a three-hour show, so it is pretty long. Uh, If you want to listen instead of watch, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, we are on all of those. And there's that.
leg is bleeding like crazy. I don't know what's going on. But let's call up That's Privateer weird. Hero. That's weird. Kevin Moran's here. Jesus Christ. He's already called me and texted me three more times. Like, what a dude. God, he wants to talk. Apparently. Jeez. Maybe gotta, he's just that happy about his day. I got to fix my leg here. Maybe he's just happy about his day. Once we get him on the, th on the show here, I got to go fix my... I don't know what's going on with my leg here. Hello, hello. Bro, I'm bleeding out of my yeah. leg like crazy. Oh I don't my know God, what's going dude. on. Yeah, you're, I don't know what your deal is right now. You're what? I don't know. My leg's bleeding like crazy. I'm not sure what's happening. So talk to Justin about your day. <laughs> How's it going, what Kev? You, what did you do? He doesn't know. We literally just started the show, and then he looks down at his leg, and it's just bleeding like a sieve. He's like covered in blood. I don't know what you want from me. I don't know. He probably has scabs, picks them. I don't know what his deal is. Like, is it like gushing blood or is it just bleeding a little bit? No, it's just bleeding a little bit. He's exaggerating. Oh, you little weenie. Travis, he called you a weenie. So anyways, Kev, talk about your day, buddy. It looked like it uh, went pretty well. <laughs> hold on. Yeah, hold on. What did he just say? I don't. Tra what did you say? What did you say? <laughs> he said he was going to punch you in the dick. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my... No, my day went pretty well. Uh, I mean, honestly, like, pretty well all things considered, right? Okay. So not very many people knew, but I was kind of under the weather a little bit this past week. You didn't have Big C, uh, Little V, did you? What did you say? You didn't have Big C, Little V, did you? Oh, hold up. What are we talking I didn't hear you. Never mind, Kev. Never mind, buddy. Keep going. <laughs> Kev just so said people that, didn't know that he was under the weather this week. Oh, boy. Yeah. I, well, COVID's going little, around. Oh, God. Just a little bit, like sniffles, that kind of deal, right? So and it was pretty much gone by Thursday, but clearly it had some pretty decent effects on me because, like, after qualifying two, I was done. Like, I was tired. I was ready to take a nap. Like, I just didn't feel super great. Yep. So I was like, you know, this is going to be a long day. And obviously how I was feeling and whatnot on the bike, and how awkward the track was. It was just like things are kind of toppling on top of each other of just like not feeling great. Mm -hmm. But it is what it is. Everybody's probably feeling the same way. I didn't know if it was the heat or if it was from my sickness earlier in the week. What was uh, affecting me? But it didn't feel super great. Yep. So long story short, go out in Moto 1. And I didn't, I didn't really know if something was wrong. So like I go out there, I get a pretty decent start. And I'm kind of trying to send it a little bit to, to stay up there with the top top 15 top 10 that kind of deal and made some sketchy mistakes just with some holes that were on the track yeah track was brutal up, and then yeah and then do by literally by the fourth lap i was zapped i was out of it so i just hung on for as long as i could and just fought my ass off and tried to keep the top 20 position ended up 18th which was decent but it kind of irritated me because i was like dude like that should have been an easy top 15 moto for me Yep. Probably even better, right? Yep. So, but at the same time, it's like, you know, coming off of just putting my body through hell last week for the first time in a long time. So it's probably not feeling the best. I was a little under the weather, caught out. I was like, all things considered, I have to try to be happy with that. So I knew second moto that I don't have the energy to push as hard as I can, right? So I was like, I just managed the race way better. Came out, got another pretty decent start running like I think 12 for a good little while and then uh, just pace myself. And there's even a couple guys that got around me in the beginning that I was like, you know, if I try to push right now to get back around them, it's going to go back. So I was like, I just stuck with my race and kind of figured the, the few that did pass me, I was like, I, 
I didn't really expect them to go full on the whole time. I kind of expected them to peter out a little bit. And luckily, that's exactly what happened. I got those positions back at the end of the race and ended up 16th. So, and then ended up 16th overall, too. So, I mean, I can't be disappointed with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, that pack of, like, you, Hubert, Surratt, uh, Kessler there for a little bit, the second moto, LeMay, Meshi. Yeah. Like, dude, that, like, Wageman, that pack of you guys, like, literally, like, obviously because they didn't show you guys too much, but, like, on the live timing, it literally looked like you guys were within, like, five seconds of each other from whoever was leading the pack to whoever's in the back of that pack, like, the whole entire yeah, time. We were, yeah, we were all right there. But that track looked brutal, too, though. Dude, that was, quite honestly, probably the dumbest track on the road. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's Paula. Well, it was just so, like, one, okay, I can't complain too much because everybody had to ride it, right? But it yeah. was kind of a consensus through the paddock. That everybody was kind of not stoked on it. Just because it was like, it was real awkward. You know, you had off cambers everywhere. It was kind of skinny, kind of one lined at, during at some of the hills and whatnot. But yeah, dude, it's just it's weird. But at the same time, I'm not a California person, so I probably just didn't like it. I'm not used to anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm going to assume, though, that everybody, like, the moment they told everyone, hey, the track's going backwards today, everybody's kind of like, hmm, is that really a good idea? Are you, are you in a windstorm? What's what's happening over there? Oh, sorry. I'm on, on the beach right now. Oh, wow. 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 Life rough, is tough rough life. Kevin Moran's right now. Rough life. <laughs> Jesus. God. Man. Hey, I... You're, you're a part of the team, so I got to make sure that, you know, I provide the content because that's what you're a part of. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So, how was fishing this week? Uh, it was legit, dude. Yeah. So, when when does this get posted? Tuesday at two o'clock, like normal. Alrighty, alrighty. Um, <laughs> did you just break the chair? No, I did. Jesus. What? Justin just broke his chair. Anyway, back to fishing. <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll see some stuff uh, in the vlog that we have coming out this week. That's kind of interesting, but uh, no, dude, it was fun. It was cool. Did you catch like a three thousand pound marlin or what? Three thousand. Uh, we definitely did not. Um, you'll, you'll just have to watch watch the vlog. Wow. This isn't fair. Just teasing. This right. isn't fair. Yeah. Teasing. It's yep. like it's like blowing on the tip or something. Okay. So, oh, so right. gay. Okay. Oh my god. Who's is uh is Clutch doing the Clutch Media doing the vlog for you again this week or? Yes, sir. Nice, nice. So, yeah, we got yeah, some. Yeah, what did you think of the one last week? You like it? Yeah, that was pretty good. I like that. It was good. I reached out to him about doing some videos. He said no. Oh, yeah, that's right. You told me that. Yeah. So, hopefully hopefully we'll, we'll make some stuff happen here. So, what's, sure. the, so what's, the goal for, what's the goal for Hangtown? Dude, if I can feel good, there should be no reason why I'm not on the top what did you say? What'd you say? What'd Sorry, you? the fucking wind from the beach you're sitting on. From the on. beach in Just, California. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, here, is that a little bit better? Maybe. I don't know. Bury your head Maybe, in the sand. But, uh, yeah, pretty much, and put it behind the back. There you go. Uh, um, I'd have to be honest, man. If I if I feel good, there should be no reason why I'm not in the top fifteen. Yeah, probably. Where wow. were the, where were those starts yesterday? I wanted to see the start on TV. Well, that start fucking, was stupid. So well, the start was have, dumb. Yeah, yeah, start was stupid. But uh, I think I was like I was like top fifteen in both starts. I think. I was looking for the number eight five out front, bud. 
Look. Well, I have some good photos. I'm right next to all the boys, but I was on the outside, so I got pinched. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll send you. I'll send you the photo. Yeah, send it to me. I can use it for the post for this show. It'd be awesome. The show. So, how many times have you written Hangtown? Hangtown twice, once, once or twice. I honestly can't remember. He literally dug a hole in the sand, put his head in it because it sounds so much better. <laughs> it's all very of a muffled. Oh, <laughs> here is that uh, no, 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 it was, no, it's it was better good. anyway because the wind's not blowing in my ear. The only reason I asked because from the sounds of it, it sounds like everybody's going to have a lot of fun because, uh, you know, they only saved up so much water and then it's going to turn into a dust bowl. <laughs> yeah, dude, that, it's going to be interesting. I was really expecting them to say, uh, we're just going to do another round at Paula, but they never said that. So I guess we're going. God, that would suck aesthetically for people on TV. <laughs> I I don't know. I'm not convinced it's happening yet. Hangtown? Well, I mean, it's been talked about since like the beginning of the season, but that was for different reasons. Until until we get to until we get to say Friday and all the teams are there and set up, I'm not convinced it's happening. Look, they're just going to Lake Elsinore. It's fine. Great. That's what we need in our lives. Ride the ride the uh, what is it? The off road truck track. Yeah. Yeah. That would be sweet. So, all right, Kev. Well, we'll let you enjoy the beach here, man. Well, I appreciate that. Wait, Sorry, uh, timing is difficult. It seems like. <laughs> Look, we, I'm just I'm happy that we did this now, just because I figured like by the time we leave here, then we're gonna be eating dinner, and that's when you guys are gonna be pretty much going to bed because the time difference and stuff. So, figured it'd be easier to do it now. I mean, I would go to bed right now, but I gotta do this stupid show. So, oh my god, yeah. shut the fuck up. <laughs> Daddy's tired. I don't know what y'all want for me. Uh. So, oh my goodness! All right, well, thank, yeah. thank you, sir. We appreciate it. We'll check in with you next week after wherever the fuck you guys ride at this point. Because Couple top fifteens, who yeah. knows where we're going? So, well, I will keep y'all in the loop. All right, all right buddy, good send luck. me those pictures. All right, he sounds good. All right, later. See ya. All right, Kevin Moran's everyone. A beach in California. On a beach in California. <sighs> wow! Wow, that's impressive. What? Life must be tough. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to Beach in California. Should we try to call Hopper right now? I mean, sure. Well, actually, you know what? We'll, uh, let me ask you a couple questions or a question here and I'll text him because, uh, oh, you got some bullet points or just some stuff to talk about that what, doesn't really have to do with What the race. do you think? So now we're like a week removed here. What do you think about, uh, about the whole Langston situation? I still stand by what I said. I'm I'm proud of that dude. I mean, I've been a GL fan for a long time, like even before he came over here uh, from the GPs. But like the moment he came here, always been a fan. You know, he's always been kind of outspoken. I kind of like that. Like I've you know anybody who knows me, I, I like I like the riders that have a little bit of flavor to them. They're not robots. Like we have this problem that everybody just is everything's so scripted, which is why I'm a Dylan Ferrandez fan. Which is why you know Kenny fan this and that. But. Uh, no, I uh, I stand by what I said. I'm proud of him standing by what he believes in. Um, we're not going to get into the whole politics of all that because that's not the type of show that we do. Did I mean, you I see? Did you see the thing he did with Ping? No, I don't really get a chance to listen to a lot of the other podcasts anymore. Um, but he kind of laid out how everything kind of went down. Okay, was it on? It was on Whiskey Throttle, right? Uh, I don't think it was Whiskey Throttle. So it was just like an interview? Ping just did a live on Instagram. Oh, okay. 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 Because uh, Ping is kind of like half in, half out. Yes. Kind of kind of seems like he just got showed the door a little bit. Well, I mean, if that is true, which I, once again, I'm not going to say otherwise that is not because 
GL, once again, this is kind of who he's been. Everybody in the industry knows. He kind of just tells you how it is. So, like, I don't know why he would lie about this. Um, it's not surprising. We NBC is a very huge company. Um, I understand that in the our realm of things, Moto isn't the biggest thing that they do, but it's still a big part of NBC. Um, and they, with the way the world is going, at least on this side of the pond, things are going towards a certain way. Once again, we're not going to get into that debate here. Oh, we uh, could. We could, but... Well, we might get off YouTube, so yeah, yeah let's just so, keep going. So my point is is that it doesn't surprise me. I mean, it, re- it really honestly doesn't, um, which kind of shocks me to... If he got shown the door because of his views on that, or if he just got shown the door because they're like, hey, like... It's not like he says bad things. He doesn't talk shit about riders. He doesn't talk about pop. Like he gives a very yeah. He kind of rambles sometimes. But let's be honest. Like there's not a lot of dudes that you can get that have his accolades to come do something like this, especially during the summer. You know, so it kind of surprises me that they got Fro because even though Fro has always been down this, people forget Fro. Like he was a Supercross announcer. He did the Outdoor Nationals for a long time. You know, with Ralph Shaheen, he was one of the first ones to do it with Weege. Fro kind of is in the same boat as GL on this stuff. So, like, it kind of surprises me a little bit. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you. I think that Fro is just the replacement. I don't think he's going to be doing the Outdoor Series next year. I, I think that they were in a bind. They probably paid him a pretty decent amount of money because they needed another guy. But Fro has been very open that, like, that's, that's in his past whoa, whoa, life. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's rewind. Reverse rewind here. Okay. You think they paid him? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Not a chance. See, I completely disagree with that. Fro doesn't do anything for cheap or actually for free at all. Like, I mean, they may have paid him. I don't. When you say a lot of money, well, that is fake news. It depends on what you consider a lot of money, but he definitely didn't do it if for free. If he got more than 500 bucks, I'd be surprised. Oh, yeah. He definitely did. <laughs> I, I, I know people that know Fro pretty well, and he is... He's not the greatest guy that people like to pretend he is. He kind of is a dick. So he, <laughs> he, dude, it's, and I like Jeff Epic. Oh, I really do. Boy. But he, he doesn't do things for free. He just doesn't. Should we call him? If we had Fro's number, I'd be all about it because I'd like to ask him just more about party stories back in the 90s. Nah, we're not going to get that in public. But no. Um, so, anyways, as far as the GL thing goes, um, I stand by what I said. I am proud of him. He stood by what he believes in. Um, I don't think you'll ever see him on TV commentating a race ever again because he really doesn't need to. I mean, he's got enough going on with his dealership as it is. Um, I don't think there's anything else to be said. I mean, if I'll have to go and listen to or, well, I don't know how I'd be able to find it because it was probably Instagram Live, right? It was, but... So, actually, if you go back and watch, Hopper did a video about it. Who's okay. coming up here? Yep. Uh, Hopper did a video about it, um, and he played part of it. Okay. Uh, where GL kind of tells the whole story of how, like, everything went down. So, here's my question for you. This was brought up on our buddies, uh, Cooksey and the Coach podcast. The most recent one? Yeah, which, okay. by the way, they went off on COVID on their thing last week. Uh, they are no longer on YouTube. <laughs> no shit. Oh, yeah. You're si- they got taken off? Uh-huh. No. Censored. Wait. <laughs> so have you talked to have you talked to Coach or, or Chris about this? No. No. I listened to the show. Well, Chris it was has awesome. got Chris has got enough going awesome. on soon. Oh, hey, look. Friend of the show, Johnny Hopper. Your ears were ringing, buddy. Johnny Hopper, welcome to the Moto Aftermath show, bud. We were just talking about you. Hey, what's up, Travis? 
Hey, we were just we were just talking about your video there. Uh, my co-host Justin and I uh, about uh, the Yo. video you did with about Langston there, because um, I was asking his thoughts now that we've seen kind of like some follow-up videos with the whole Langston thing, and uh, kind of how he basically got shown the door without getting shown the door. I guess if that makes sense. It does. So. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, we. I mean, we're trying not to dive too deep into. Are so. Let me ask you this: Are you still on YouTube, or have they cut you off too because of of your video about the whole COVID thing? No, no. Surprisingly, I can still post. Uh, my buddy Cooks, he he's had one of his videos taken down. <laughs> yeah. Um. I was just listening to their podcast where they were talking about that. I was like, oh god. Yeah, and I was I was surprised that none of my stuff. That <laughs> was was taken down so yeah i know because you dove into it a little bit with the first didn't you do haven't you done two gl videos and like the first one you kind of dove in it a little bit yeah on just personal yeah it doesn't matter if it's personal or whatever johnny they'll take you off you know you can't talk about it all right well yeah i was deleted from facebook uh because of some of my political views and you know that's that's fine. Oh but, man, yeah. I I haven't got that yet. I haven't. I don't even think I've had a. Well, no, I haven't had a ban yet, which is surprising. I had a friend that during the election stuff, like literally every other week, he was just off. Oh dude, I post some shit on Facebook. Oh, and I haven't gotten <laughs> I haven't gotten knocked off there yet, which I'm amazed because everything I post is that just shows not you stuff, stuff we stuff. can talk about on YouTube right now. <laughs> yeah, no shit. It, it's pretty cool. It seems as of right now, uh, maybe it's just because of the internet's algorithm that it points you in direction of sort of like-minded individuals. Yep. Uh, it just seems like there's quite a bit more of people speaking out about what's going on, which is cool to see. And it, it just seems maybe we're, we're living in an era where, it's best to try to get your information from multiple sources where we used to just think the newspaper, you know, had all the facts. And then we just thought that the news was telling you the truth without any sort of hidden agenda, but, uh, not to go totally political. It's just, it's funny. (laughs) Journalists are, are starving at the moment because of YouTube and social media, TikTok, you name it anybody can sort of be an expert at any sort of topic and then they could get a following whether it's a cult following or any sort of a anyway they've got a platform where they could spill their thoughts about it well as a journalist you know you used to it used to be a club because you were with fox or cnn embassy whatever and so now in order for them to make money you know they take whatever possible story that they can have and sometimes we've got big corporations that are saying hey we will pay you 500 bucks for this article if you spin it this way and do, 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 do. And so they all get together and then it's it's misinformation from the start. But as long as you have a little bit of a, a fact checker at the bottom, well, you know, then it's presented as as facts. And maybe it's just the human condition, but we're we want to try to be a part of a group. You know, it's how we survive the whole hunter gatherer for the last 200,000 years. That's how we survived is. You know, the uh, the pack survives while, you know, the the lone wolf dies type deal. Mm-hmm. And so we, we just look for one output and then boom, it, it agrees with us and we're good. Like, man, I could Google right now uh, reasons as to why I'm going to die of cancer and I'd find plenty of reasons to freak me out. Or <laughs> basically whatever you want to search for, you'll find 
a reason to as far as evidence behind it. But yeah, that's it, it's a crazy world we live in. And it's it's unfortunate that all of this gets into the form of racing because most people like to use racing or sports as a way to escape from all the crazy stuff that's going on. And it's a shame to be seeing uh, more of the stuff being brought up. And ironically, you know, I'm one of the people that kind of bring up that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, hey, you're you're right up there. It's it's I believe like Cooksey, you us uh is there anybody else Jer- jeremy <clears throat> hammer for a while was doing it when he first started doing some doing but some not, raunchy stuff yeah too. but not so much anymore especially since he started going to like shorter videos now his own videos are only like two minutes long yeah i would um, say but but the three the three of us are all the ones who are kind of like yeah, well, we don't give a shit. well yeah jace but jace doesn't jace doesn't get censored he's australian they no he gets away whatever the fuck he wants because <laughs> he you know, can say whatever jace <laughs> so i mean shit, he did a well he's living in a country that's censoring everyone pretty much as far as you got to have a passport vaccine and oh i know you know, the, the whole country's kind of going down I, I i love their their sky australian news where they just they just shit on biden but then their <laughs> own government is just not really doing anything different yeah at least we don't live in china yeah you know what, guys? Let's not make this a political <laughs> podcast. So back to the moto stuff here. Yes. So anyway, off the Langston topic because yeah, hey. that's just a that's just a shit storm. Hey, did you see the official press release? Guess what? We're not going to Italy. Oh yes. Okay, Johnny, we'll bring this up first here, buddy. Because nobody thought that was going to happen. What are what are your thoughts on the whole uh, MXDN and we're not going now? Um, it's a shame, but yes. I understand as far as. Uh, we live, God, I'm not trying to be political anymore, but it's hard not to. Well, especially Uh, with this topic, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. We we live in an era where it's the past of least resistance. We'd rather not piss off anybody. And so the only way to really not piss off anybody and like really do the wrong thing is by just forfeiting everything. And I, I personally, I think the writers are probably happy about it. Because the sport is dangerous enough. I mean, we see how many guys that are not racing, you know, Plessinger, Sexton, uh, Barsha, Osborne, you know, Muscan's got COVID. And blah, blah, blah. But, you know, there's plenty of guys that are injured because of, you know, it's just a long series and it's hard to go 150% uh, 365. And the conversations I've had with, with some riders is it's just like, A, um, you get paid for your contract for your Supercross. Why would you really risk going over to represent your country which is honestly it's a really really cool thing to do but at the same time you know making your life directly better you don't want to go up there and then accidentally have something happen to where you tear your acl or something and you're out for six months when that was your bread and butter was super cross to to survive and you know make a living off of so sometimes it's best yeah 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 so i i would say that the riders are probably happy about it but as the fans, it sucks because it's <laughs> it just it just I it, it gives off sort of like a, a weak feeling, you know, like, hey, the United States is is thrown in the towel. And there's so many of us that would love to just root on, um, you know, the United States. It's been a while since we've won it. And it'd be cool if we could go back there and win it and maybe just it made an easier decision knowing that, Hey, potentially we don't have a shot at winning it. So why even bother? Kind of a thing. Well, let's be a glorified GP. It's been in multiple ways. 
Yeah, I was going to say, the, the thing is, is that, like, not, I don't feel like, I feel like this is one of our best years to say, yeah, we're not going, uh, strictly for the fact of, because it's in the middle of the season, like, there's, what, half a dozen of the top GP riders aren't going to ride it anyway. Well, Geyser's not going to be there. Fevra's not going to be there. I told you when we were on the way down to Ironman that it's a real possibility Tony doesn't go, which is yeah. really going to suck for Team Italy. Uh, obviously, the Aussies the Aussies are not going. New Zealand's not going to go. Um, Belgium's team's one of the worst I've ever seen. Dude, do you know what I heard? Somebody said to Steve the other day, they were like, dude, you got to go. This is your, this is Canada's shot right here. Like, yeah, but the problem too <laughs> is now is Canada like has a real issue because like their best dude in Jess Pettis is hurt. Yeah. And they got some random dude who just like came out of nowhere in the MX2 class, like some Jacob Pecula. I don't even know how to say his name. Like, Dude, they, let's have Ronnie Mack and Travis go back for Puerto Rico and win it. Well, you, know? you want to know something that's funny is is they're actually talking about setting a Puerto Rican team, though. Well, yeah, Puerto Rico doesn't give a shit. Yeah, but, like, I find it funny that Puerto Rico, they would somehow muster up enough ways to get Puerto Rico over there, but yet, you know, we're not going to go. Well, And so, Cody Shock is going to be – he already said that, like, if Puerto Rico goes, he's on that team. Yeah, that's what I've heard. But So here's the thing, though, but he's not, he's not sending a bike. No. He's taking suspension and fucking handlebars with him. We're like Team USA, and this is uh, who is oh Charles Castle was talk. That was who I was listening to the other day. Was talking to Steve about it. Um, he's like, dude, we're like three weeks out from the race. Have you heard anything about anybody shipping bikes? This is before the press release came out that we weren't going. And he was like, well, nope, that's a good point because like in a normal year, three weeks would be cutting it close to ship bikes and stuff over there. Now you're talking, yeah. now you're talking COVID times where we all know the supply chain is fucked up and good luck getting anything anywhere. Mm. Like you're not getting bikes to Europe in three weeks. Well, so. they, well, what a lot of guys are going to do is, is like, they're going to be borrowing bikes from local dealerships and yeah. especially their guys are in a big issue. Cause they just raced in Turkey today. Yeah. They're going to be racing in Turkey on Tuesday, and then they have a break, and then it's MX of Nations. Yeah. So, like, the teams over there that are actually sending... Dude, that's the thing is, right now, like, I think three-quarters of the countries that normally would go are going. A lot of the teams haven't even been announced yet. No. Like, that's the thing. That's what I find funny. The main teams, Netherlands, France, and Belgium, the top three teams have have their teams announced yeah well here's another and thing. marv is on the french team but we know right now he has and i do an air quotes covid we don't even know if he's gonna go now and yeah. tom vl is their mx2 guy but like it, it, i don't know yeah, if he's as far gonna as go the cdc guidelines he'd be good by the time you know he needed and um well, I, I don't even mean that johnny i just mean in the sense like if he's dealing with all the shit and not like his stuff for supercross is up in the air why would he even go at this point no, uh, agreed. Agreed. And I think all the other teams are, are sort of playing the path of least resistance. They don't want to say something and then have to have a press release to go, oh, no, we're backing out. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I think they're just kind of hoping that um, it just gets delayed and every other team's like, oh, no, we're not going to go. So then they don't look like the bad guys in doing it. But if I was Cody Shock, oh, hell yeah, absolutely. The dude's not making a tremendous amount of paycheck right now. And so for him going and doing well, it would just make his stock all the more valuable and for him to eventually get a better ride and actually start making money in the sport. So for him, Oh yeah, that would be an amazing move. No matter what, if the motocross of nations has an asterisk at the end of it, sort of like how Osborne his championship for winning during the other COVID deal. And, and a, a bunch of people are talking like that dude's uh, going to retire, which mm -hmm. I wouldn't blame him. Yep. Um, for it but but yeah so the whole motocross nations thing suck and uh, i but again with everything going on in the world i think everybody is 
honestly okay with potentially not having it. You know, as long as everyone is in the agreement of nobody's going to show up kind of a thing. I mean, Travis, you know how, like, important this is event to me is. But, like, I think for the first time, and God, I don't know how long, probably since I got into the sport, I'm not even, like, I'm not going to pay attention to it. And that's really hard for me because, once again, you know how important this event to me is, how high of standard oh, yeah. I hold it. But I, I started to think about this today. I'm like, well, okay, like I said, if we're not going, Australia's not going, so Jet and Hunter won't be there. Luke Clout won't be there. I if no Geyser's one, no one's going to be there. Yeah, that's so the like, it's going to be a glorified GP event, and I'm going – and not, and not that – obviously, you know how much I follow the GPs, but I'm going – it's not even going to be that because it's going to basically be like a – like a French championship race because not even all the fact like the top GP dudes are going to I mean, be there. Cody shock stands a good chance of getting on the box. Um, in the MX one, well, if you wrote open class, yes. In the MX one, if you wrote MX one, no, because you still got to deal with, you still got to deal with hurlings. You still got to deal with Coldenhoff. You still got to deal with Jeremy Van Horbeck. Like he's not going to beat those guys. So if you wrote yeah, open, I think cl- it's a, yeah. a loaded question. It, it all depends on what kind of equipment he's able to be over there. And those European tracks are quite a bit gnarlier than what we have over here in the States. So I don't know that that I I do think he's got a good chance. I I wouldn't bet money on him getting on the box, though. I wouldn't. I don't disagree. I think he would do very, very well. But like I also once again, like there still is going to be factory GP dudes there. So like we can't take it. Well, his bike can't be any worse than it is over here. Fuck, he'll probably have race gas in it over there. Let's face it. Yeah, I'll probably, well, he'll probably get help from the ten, one of the 10,000 Honda teams that's over there. Yeah. Um, Let me ask you this. You guys think that all the injuries we've got going on over here played into that, too? The I decision mean, not to go? Yeah. Well, yeah, because we talked about this. Like, who would your team be at this point? Because it was supposed to be Barsha, Sexton, and RJ. RJ clearly is, like, overheating every round now. Yep. So, like, that's an issue. He's got heat uh, stroke issues. Sexton, Sexton like, has it, an enlarged So he clean, won't be at so Hangtown. Barsha, obviously, is not racing the last two nope. rounds. So, really, if you think about it, the funny thing is, is now you're looking at, well, maybe Cody Shock would just end up being on the actual <laughs> Team America team. Cody Shock, Cooper Webb, and I don't know who Yeah, else. who is our third best American rider right now? I don't know. But, yeah, but I just thought about that the other day when, like, Levi the Kitchen? sex and thing came out. Yeah, let's just send, let's just send the kid. Fuck like, it. Send the kid. Like, I, I truly let's believe breed that. him for this race. Because <laughs> there's, there's, like, there's nobody left. Like, this is worse... This is worse than 2017 when we had Zacho, Cole Seeley, and Thomas Covington. Yeah. If you really think about it. Oh, uh, T-Cov. You remember how high Shut you up. were on him? Hey, you want to talk about who the, Johnny, four, Johnny. You want to talk about who the 450 you, champion is right now guy, that I claimed him to be a champion before he came over here? Let me just tell you, this oh, guy boy, across, the, across the table from me here, he, is, he had a boner so hard for T-Cov when he was coming over. I mean, dude, it was just like, boom, pounding against the table every time we would talk. T-Cov, T-Cov, T-Cov. And then what happened? Shit the bed. Who's the four fifty? Ch- who's the four fifty champion right now? Dylan Fernandez. I have that in my notes to talk about. Yeah, you want to go back and how I hyped him up and said he was. No, I don't do want to talk about that right now. Yeah, so I what I want to so. talk about right now, <laughs> what I want to move on from the uh, from the MXON talk here because we beat that horse yeah, enough. It's, it's fine. Though. It's dead. It's at it's the glue a, factory. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, the uh, like FXR Chaparral team folding up. Is Cody Shot going to be on a two fifty <laughs> team next year? Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's a thing. Mumford's going to Bar X. Really? Okay, uh, How'd you find that out? It's a rumor. From okay. That Sorry, same, that, same pers- that, that same person that I told you what I heard earlier. Huh. All right, Johnny, what do you got? <laughs> no, no. What did you guys... I think I missed something. 
Okay, so we're talking about the FXR team sh- uh, folding up next year and how like Cody Shock wants to go back to the 250. And all I mentioned before that is is that Mumford is rumored to be going to the Bar X Suzuki team. Ah, which I would say is a comparable team to Michael Lindsay's deal. It's yeah. just there people don't understand that <laughs> most of those teams run at such a negative that it's just a matter of time before they fold in. Like if if you have money, the worst way to spend it would be to either sponsor a motocross supercross team or create your own team. You know, it's just, the money's just not in it. You have to have, unfortunately that's why um, we've got the big energy drink companies because they've got opposable income to where they can sustain this kind of stuff. Cause I keep kind of talking as far as why the riders aren't getting paid enough and, you know, could we just have changed the rules somehow so it's people aren't putting a $50,000 motor in a bike every weekend and just how much spending there is going on to where guys could have uh, three, four, five, six guys on a team. You know, I don't know how Star Racing Yamaha is, is, is fitting the bill with buying the GOAT deal and trying to have flights going from florida to everywhere you know because well it's a let smaller me airport let me there, fill, let me fill you in on how this is working because we had this discussion we drove down to iron man last week so we had about three and a half hour drive each way and me and justin had this discussion so let's talk about these li- these we'll call it small privately funded teams that work okay so let's start with let's start with mcr okay mcr has been going for years they're going to continue, apparently, which is weird because we all thought they were going to Arena Cross. Anyway, uh, uh, who's the guy that owns the team? Mike Genova. Mike Genova. Johnny, what is Mike Genova before he was a team owner? I don't know. He's a businessman. He owns uh, not Bullfrog Spa, but the, uh, what are the, Smart Top. Yeah, the Smart Top. Uh, Spa Tops. Yeah, yeah. He's a businessman. He owns businesses, okay? Really good businessman. Millionaire businessman, from my understanding. Yes. Really great. Then we go to, we'll go to the Rockstar Husky team. Now, when the Rockstar, it was Suzuki, right, back in the day? It very, actually used to start off as the Extreme Team Green Canada, or Suzuki, Kawasaki team, and then it was Canada, and then it was, yes. Yes. It's gone through like 10,000 names. It's gone through 10,000 names, but yes. the, it's been this under the same team owner. Yep. Bobby Hewitt, right? Yep. yep. What was Bobby Hewitt before he was a team owner? Businessman. Businessman. Bingo. Now millionaire we, businessman. Millionaire businessman. Still is. Now well, like we Geico go, with Mike Grundle and <laughs> got, so the Geico thing, I don't know how much I pretty close to that one now. Um I know what happened there. They politics. got that was a politic thing that, that got that one. Um which is why that went away. That was a politic fight between I think Geico and and some other people in that team um the nazis yeah so anyway uh so yeah so that was more of a that was more of a politic they didn't really run out of money they they ran short on politics side of it from my understanding uh but the but yeah geico got stolen from them yep so anyways promoters anyway uh but then we go to the rocky mountain ktm team rocky mountain ktm team that's gonna fold up soon uh, what, what is the what is the person that runs that team? What is he not? A businessman. <laughs> what is Michael Lindsay? No more, disrespect to Michael dr- Lindsay. He's more of a drug guy. Yeah. Anyway. What is Michael Lindsay? No disrespect to Michael Lindsay, but what is Michael Lindsay not? A businessman. And then you go to Star Racing Yamaha, who's winning absolutely everything. everything. And what was what is Bobby Reagan? 
a businessman. A man. businessman. So we figured it out, Johnny. We have figured it out. If you own a successful <laughs> business, money. yeah, exactly. Follow the money, and boom, you're in. So like you see these teams like Star, the Rockstar Husky, and um, and what was it? Uh, MCR. The MCR, and all the guys that own the teams. They're successful businessmen. They know they're not going to make money on it. They know how to try to make it at least break even. Mm. And so they continue to do that, run the team, and boom, it all evens out for them. And then you have these guys like Michael. I Dude, Michael Lindsay is a fucking journalist, okay? Yeah. And I don't have any issue with Michael Lindsay, but I could have told you when, when he started the team with the ideas he had, if he would have actually looked at it like a business, been able to run it like a business... And done the ideas that he wanted to do. If he could have continued to be a media guy slash slash content creator for the team and had the rest of the team stuff done for him, like what should have been, that team would probably still be around. Because the content that he could have made for that team would have been awesome. Well, and, and that's the thing is, is like... For all the people listening, we're not saying anything that the you know a person with half a brain doesn't understand. But like a lot of people... A lot of people in this industry like to think that just because they've been around it or that they have a little bit of know-how, whether they've been a mechanic, a rider, a coach, whatever, that, oh, hey, I can just transition into running a team. And yeah, maybe for the most part, because you know how things work, you know how the politics work, you know how the series work, you know where to get the best parts, how to train, this and that. For that part, yes, you can. But the thing is, is that if you're going to do that, you need to do what these businessmen that we've talked about did, and you need to hire somebody that knows how to manage the money part of it. Because you're not a businessman. Like that just because you've been in the sport does not mean you can run a team and have it keep going successfully. You may know how to do the stuff to make the team good, but that's as far as it goes. Like you're not gonna keep it going. And there's a reason why all these teams, since motocross came to this country, how many teams we've had come in and out and then be here for two, three years and then just they fizz. Because you have to know how to handle money. And it goes Well, I mean Nope, go ahead, Look Johnny. at the psych- psychological. Sorry, Justin. I, I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt. No, you. it's okay, it's, buddy. It's a bummer that I'm not in studio uh, talking to you guys, so I can't read when you know to interject here. It's okay, if you buddy. Just keep look going. At, if you just look at the psychology of of riders or you know people that are in with the sport, uh, why do we do it? You know, they're they're essentially gamblers. They're the risk takers. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really transition well to business. It's a good way to just lose everything because you'll you'll take on way too much risk. Um, without the necessary reward needed to sustain something. So it, it makes perfect sense as to why guys that have been good in business can keep afloat the whole racing thing. And just where I'm going is if, if I was a team, I'd be looking at some of these startup crypto projects, and I'd be trying to get some some sort of a, a big crypto startup to try to invest in a team. I think it would do tremendously for promotion and keep somebody afloat. I don't know why... I haven't looked at the rules, but I know some of the rules are you can't have um, alcohol and things of that nature. But they're kind of changing with, uh, you know, the whole the whole twisted tea type stuff. But yep. uh, anyway, hey, going dude, on a tangent the, here. The rules the rules are only there so that that way the fucking founding fathers of the fucking series can feel like they did something. Look, with that being said, though, if there's they're, anybody out there wants to give me and Travis six hundred thousand dollars to do a team, we're in. Call us. We will take alcohol sponsorship. I think that would get you very far. We'll no, take- probably not. But oh, you'd be surprised what I can do well, with six hundred thousand. Well, we've also talked about this, and we'll have to talk about this off camera or whatever. But like we talked about this with about privateers, um, how there's an idea. But anyways, we're. 
first off, first off, the the amount of like the amount of guys that I now know are riding for no money that I could give some sort of salary to. Just some race gas. And some and some <laughs> race gas too. Johnny, I found out a couple weeks ago that the FXR team is not running race gas. And I kind of Or sometimes they are, but it's, it's not consistently. Yeah. And I kind of scratched my head and went, "What?" Uh, yeah, so I, like, I'm not sure if you were uh, aware of that, but, uh, yeah, I, I, no, I, I was not. Yeah. I, I found what? out through some, through some grapevines that, yeah, there was no, which I offered to sponsor with some race gas. Yeah. Didn't get a response, but I said, Hey, like I'll bring five gallons, or whatever you guys want. So <laughs> speaking of that though, back to the original topic of Cody shock. So, cause this really does interest me. Somebody's got to make room for him somewhere. Well, I find it interesting, and they brought this on the broadcast, how he talks about, and I get it, he wants to do the 250 thing. Like, he's, yeah, if he could get a ride in the 450s, obviously take it. He's already done well, but he had a great 250 Supercross season considering where his rookie season was. He made a huge jump. Um, Ben Top 10 guy, you can talk about all these guys out. That's fair, but still, he made it through the series. They didn't. Mm -hmm. Credit has to be given where credit's due. Um I do find it weird, though, because we know how these 250 teams work, especially with all these teams that are going to be loaded. But in his words, he thinks that you have to prove yourself on a 250. I'm sorry. I think that if he doesn't end up on a team, and I know that he even said on the broadcast, we'll be racing next year no matter what. If he doesn't end up on a 250 team next year, I'm going to be baffled. Actually, I shouldn't say baffled because I know that it's probably a very good chance that he's not going to. I'll just be pissed because there's a lot of dudes out there that have rides once again, I'm not going to name names, but there's Please a, name all the names. Well, Styles Robertson's one of them. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, no. He's not the worst one. He's not the worst one, but he's one of them. Uh, th- the fact that if Cody Shock doesn't end up on a 250 team next, he can go to Husky. Styles is probably out. We know Jalik's going to be there, but RJ's probably taking Zacho's spot. So, like, you leaves you with one rider in Jalik. You, you can't give Cody Shock a ride. Like, I guarantee at least he'll make it through the series. Well, and Yamaha, like Yamaha's out. Uh, so I, I heard this week that Smith is going to Club MX. Okay. Yep. Which is weird because he's been an MTF kid his whole life. But anyway. Yeah. Well, I'm here to tell you that if Cody Shock doesn't have a ride and Jordan Smith has a ride, like I'm going to throw this fucking microphone across the. Studio well, another issue we're going to have is is that with this whole Garrett Marchbanks and Addison's disease thing. Shh. We're not supposed to know that. Oh. Oh, my I maybe not put that out. I don't know if we were supposed to put that out. Oh, well, it's out. It's out. <laughs> my bad. It's got a disease. That's why I keep hearing. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> we're terrible at this media thing. Sorry. We're just damn it. Uh, so anyways, to my point, um, I don't know what you think about that, Johnny, but I think that if Cody shock doesn't have a ride next year, if it's a, if it's a politics thing, which once again, this is motocross. We know that that's a huge part. It's just going to be, it's going to be a travesty because there's a lot of dudes out there that he is clearly better than. And yeah, I just I don't I will not understand it. Ah, I uh, I think it's sort of more of who you know rather than sometimes your results. You've seen many riders that have done well. I mean, look at you know Master Pool and them <laughs> uh, that get kicked off. It's another kid. It's it's mm. a shame, but because of the way the amateur program is is run, they've got a list of people that are young and already trained in the ways of how the team works. So I'm wouldn't be surprised if uh, it's, it's unfortunate that a lot of these guys are, are ridden hard and put away wet. So um, it's, it's a tough, we, we, we know I'm a little bit negative on the, the whole subject. Cause 
again, I think it's more of a money thing. If there's more money to go around, you'd have more riders. I still don't understand why there's not even like bench riders, you know, where how come Josh Grant can't be on a team to just hang out and kind of be the, the backup dude when somebody goes down. As soon as all the riders are injured, then they've got to try to fill in somebody where it'd be nice to have somebody on payroll that's right there that's, you know, ideally making close to six figures just to just sit there and and be a backup guy just you know like a bench warmer kind of a thing but the sport doesn't have enough money for that so that's what doesn't happen and uh it it gets just because there's not enough money again i'm using the whole term there's not enough money people will backstab whoever uh to to get ahead you know and and again that's sort of a a a business thing and and i understand it's just unfortunate you know you guys are talking about somebody's a Millsaps training facility guy forever. Now he's going to Club MX. Well, he's he's following the money. You know, you, you get put in position. You're either going to fold or you're going to fight. And uh, as racers, what's the mentality? They're gonna they're gonna fight, and that's just how it is. So I mean, again, I, I don't blame I don't blame Smith for following the money. No, I blame whoever the fuck is signing Smith is fucking stupid because that kid can't stay healthy to save his life. Goes back to the old thing. We know we know how this goes is is that if people think that you can still win, it's kind of like with Dean Wilson. Now, granted, it's not a good comparison because Dino still puts it in the top ten. But who, we had when we had Dark Side on there, there's people at Husky that still think Dino can win. We know that that's a pipe dream. No disrespect <laughs> to Dino, but Dino is never winning a race ever again. No, and this is and like I said, this is not throwing shade at him. It's just it's fact. He's never going to win a race again. But the fact that people at Husky still believe that he can, it's the same thing. People still believe that if Jordan Smith is healthy. He can win because even though he didn't barely finish any races this year in Supercross, the races that he was, like, stayed on two wheels for a little bit, what was he at? He was up front, Mm -hmm. and then he crashed. So it's the same thing. If people still believe you can win or at least get on the box, they're going to continue to throw money at you whether you finish or not. And, yes, I know that pisses you off. It pisses everybody else off. It pisses me off because that's the reason why Mitchell Mitchell Harrison doesn't have a ride right now, and he sat home the whole summer because of bullshit like that. But it's just... Unfortunately, yeah. how our freaking industry works. It's stupid, but I, I don't know. It's Being just- devil's advocate, I think Dino's fast enough to win. I just don't think Dino's willing to uh, ride above 80% that's required to win. I think after some of his big get-offs and his injury and him being older, you know, and uh, getting ready to start a family, I think your 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 whole mindset kind of changes. It's the kind of thing why I feel like Ken rocks and hasn't won the, the series is because he is – you can't blame him, you know, what he's been through. I'm so I can't even believe that he's come back and, and won races, but you can definitely tell that his whole riding style has, has changed where he's not, you know, ready to just lay it out on the line. He'll do whatever he can to put himself in the right position. But, um, Ferrandez was willing to just ride above that comfort zone in order to win. And, uh, Roxon's not willing to do it. Well, that being said, let's, uh, Let's get into talking about Paula. All right. You're going <laughs> to. I feel like that we forget when we do the show, we actually have to talk about the race. Yeah. We do do this. We have a tendency these last couple of shows to forget that we actually have to talk about the race. We get on no, these. I ta- like it. It's candid. No, I, I, we love it too. It's kind of like the way our show's going. It's just me and Travis. Like, I just realized this a while ago. We, we've done these last couple of shows, and then we've only talked about the race for like 30 minutes, and we actually got called out about this at Iron Man from one of the dudes from 3D. Yeah, some dude from some 
So some dude from 3D, the guy who grills, I don't know what the hell else he did. I don't know. He's buddies with Chisholm and all them. He kept calling me a terrorist. He called him, what did he call me? An insurrectionist? Insurrectionist. I don't know. And I was a terrorist. He I was like, know. he would like, he was like following us around the pits, calling us this. I'm like, full blown, <laughs> full blown northeastern. There's, there's, yeah, full blown from the northeast, like straight out of out of the wick. But so. he, but he's like, what? The first thing when we went up there, we were gonna go talk to Kyle. He uh, he's like, oh yeah, you guys are from that talk shit radio show or whatever. <laughs> and like for a second, I didn't realize that he was talking to you because I was like looking over there and then I looked over at him and I was like oh yeah and he's like yeah I really like it when you guys talk about the race and all the other shit sucks and I'm like oh god so I guess we should talk about the race so Paula you want to talk about 250s first because we kind of do that anyways all the time bro how about golden jet golden jet I mean I hate to say that he's a generational talent, like our boy Daniel Blair keeps saying. Uh, okay, calm but down. But this buddy. is a okay, generational whoa, talent whoa, here. Whoa, <laughs> oh, I whoa, got both whoa, of you guys fired whoa, up. This is good. Yes. Johnny, go first. Yeah, go first, bud. Uh, do you think there really was a gate malfunction? Oh Ooh. yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a good question. Did did so you watch you watch the the broadcast right? I did. You can see that guy stomp on that thing and hear it where it's supposed to click and go, and the gate doesn't go, like, for anyone there. So, oh, yeah, that was a total gate malfunction. I don't know what the hell happened, but, like, you can see him stomp, and then Jet moves. So, like, it should have been, it should have dropped, and there was, I mean, like, they were saying on the broadcast, and I couldn't really tell because they just kept giving us the zoomed-in look at Jet, but, like, they said there was a bunch of people that moved, and the gate didn't drop, so... Yeah, that was. But there's only one person that hit the gate, and and I, I'm just saying, being devil's advocate here, if I was I like the side of Johnny, Yamaha, yep, yep. I'd be protesting up the ass because the rules say if that something something like that happens, you can get penalized or disqualified, and look who gets the whole shot, who never gets whole shots after the whole restart thing. It just it just adds up to a, a weird, you know, you take 40 riders. And one rider is the only guy that actually hits the gate and moves it forward, who happens to be right next to the box where you can hear the click, where you could time the gate, and he ends up actually moving the gate forward. Well, that's 2.5% of the field. So I, I just, I, I, even though, yeah, there, there more than likely was a, a gate malfunction because um, you could see that everyone kind of moved. But again, in racing, if somebody flinches next to you, you flinch. And so I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of conspiracist theory here going, I'd be using that to yep. every extent that I could to try to, uh, because let's just say that that gate did drop. He hit it and he started from, you know, 30th or 40th. He could have finished 10th, you know, Cooper yeah. could have gotten back up there and we would have a much tighter race moving to the the next round hilarious if star would have done it with all their issues with honda the last two years but here's the thing no one else's gate dropped did it i don't know i'd actually have to go back and look at that i didn't really think about it too much i don't i don't think anyone's gate did drop but jet was the only one that moved the gate forward i watched volan and volan flinched too but he flinched after jet moved yeah, but my question is, is like, okay, so say Jet moved and hit it or whatever, you know, isn't that, um, I mean, everyone else's gate should have gone then. Like, the race should have been on, so. Well, yeah, I mean, the I don't fact, know. The, the fact that no one else's gate dropped either is like, yeah, that's a major, because you can clearly see in that video, like I said, because I, I watched that very closely, like, you can clearly see that guy stomp, you hear the noise, and then you just see him start, like, waving, you know, whatever, um, 
So, like, he tried to drop the gate, and yeah. the gate just didn't drop. So, well, you can even see the no, gate. I, I, I think I might retract my, my statement a bit. I, I need to watch more of the replay. It just, again, if I was the team order there, I'd be trying to get whatever I could, even though it's not right. I, oh, I uh, understand what you're well, saying. And I'm not trying, I'm not trying to, you know, talk you down off of your position on it. They, I mean, it's totally, well, we're, we're all friends here. We can have different well, positions. When, <laughs> well, when I watched Jet, when they zoomed back in, or when they showed Jet's version of it, when they replayed it, um, you can hear him obviously hit the gate. Yeah. Or not Jet, but you can hear the starter hit it. But you can actually watch the gate flinch for a second, and that's where Jet went, and then it just stopped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the thing that was weird to me is, is that I, and maybe same thing with Johnny, I have to go back and completely watch it again because I was so honed in on Jet. Jet's gate was the only one that I saw move, though. Whoever was next to him, I don't know if it was TJ Rios. I don't know who it was. I didn't see their gate move. I just saw Jet's gate move. Mm-hmm. So like that was a little weird to me, too. Like Why was Jet's the gate the only one that flinched? But nobody else's gate flinched. Could have been because he was right next to the doghouse. So like, if it, I broke, mean, yeah, but broke like, or whatever happened. But you would think though that if that's the same thing, the guy on the other side of the box would have done the same thing. And maybe he did, but we didn't. We don't have a video of that. Yeah, that's true as well. I mean, like I said, I, I just I'm glad that they focused in on Jet because the, like with all the drama and he was the one that hit it. But we should have like paid attention to the other stuff, like mm-hmm. everybody else. What were they doing? Because I just did find it a little weird that Jet was the only one to hit the gate. Yeah. Now, they did make mention yeah. of the fact that Jet, when he's next to the box, he likes to listen for it. Yeah. Which, I'm not going to lie, like, it's loud, but I'm also going to call a little bit of bullshit that he can tune out all that other shit and listen specifically for that. I mean, honestly, I was surprised we could hear it on the that's what, I, that's what I mean. Like, if you if you really listen, like, you can tune it, you can hear it if you're well, next I mean, to the hey, doghouse. I mean, that might be a little bit of a tell on some of those guys yeah i've been to plenty of races where you know that's the number one thing uh donny hansen used to teach me he would say hey when you go to a race uh you first go and you watch other people and you see if you can count if they have a, a consistent one two three four gate drops and then you know i've seen guys that count one two three four and then don't give a shit and they wheelie and their front wheel comes over as the gate is dropping below their right below their in front of their rear tire. Michael and it's, it's a total timing thing. Well, my yeah. thing is I always used to watch the other guy's gate. Like, cause my thing is, is I didn't want to get so honed in on my gate in front of me. I would watch and I wouldn't like do it with a peripheral thing. I would literally, it's kind of like what Fro used to do, except he always used to say he'd watch the pin. I would always watch the other gate, the other guy's gate to move because I felt like that if I watch mine, I would get so honed in that I would like think my gates moving. So I would just look to the gate next to me to move. But I don't know. My point is, is that I'm kind of on both sides. I'm kind of on your side, and I'm also a little bit on Johnny's side. Like, it is a little weird that he is the only one that hit the gate. Mm-hmm. Like, I do find that a little interesting. But, I mean, I, the chances of us of anything happening is, like, it's probably not. I mean, it's just going to be Yeah, I'd, kind of making a, a non-issue, yeah. trying to make something more dramatic than it really needs to be. So do we call- I'm just saying, hey... It's ironic, guys in the championship leading the points right next to the box can hear the noise. It was it special treatment as to f- far as hey here here's a second shot at like if it was a privateer would have been the same thing. Yeah, you know I don't I, that that's that's the only thing where I'm I'm going with it. But truth be told, there probably was just a malfunction on it. But at the same time, you know this is a professional race. You should never have something like that happens. But yep. some of that stuff is just out of your control. 
it's just ironic what happens and then what happens afterwards with him getting a whole shot when he's not really known for ever getting a whole shot you know like so, monster cup just five different times yeah <laughs> uh but yeah it's a for your point travis though as far as the jet thing like <clears throat> there's nothing to really talk about like he just had a great week kind of like when he did Iron generational Man. talent man that's all there is okay to it. whatever man mm-hmm. yeah he has crushed it the last two weeks he'll crush it next week and man this title is gonna look okay good cool us. he crushed it but that doesn't mean he's a generational talent. When he wins talent. his title, I'm going to be wearing his shirt next week on doesn't the mean show. It doesn't mean he's a generational talent. Autograph, he's got to win a way. Supercross title before that happens. He Which definitely I, has a better setup for the last <clears throat> two weeks. I can tell well, you that. And, yeah. you know, I, I was thinking about this yesterday. I find it odd because we've always talked about Jet, like <clears throat> his attitude, his style, his natural talent. Like we always kind of thought Supercross, like that was what he was better at. And obviously Hunter was better at outdoors, but Hunter's got other issues going on. We'll get to that in a minute. Um I find it funny that somehow he turns out, and you can even talk about his rookie year outdoors to Supercross. He turns out to be more consistent outdoors than he does in Supercross, and he wins an outdoor title before he does Supercross. Now, I'm not saying that he does. Maybe he wins a Supercross title next year, too. But I just find it yep. funny that we talk about with Jet that, like, oh, Supercross was going to be his thing, and then outdoors was going to come later, but yet he wins an outdoor title. I mean, before. nah, we still won three Supercross races. But year. he didn't win the title, so it really doesn't mean shit. I don't care. It doesn't mean shit. Stu also only won two titles, so that, you know. What it, you mean his 72 wins or however many fucking Supercross wins he's got doesn't mean shit either? No, because okay, Jet Lawrence is definitely not. Valid, so let's Jet's, just stop talking about Jet it. Jet Lawrence is definitely not James Stewart, and, Jet, and J- James Stewart also won a Supercross title. You know, his first year, so he's just a generation. I think talent. it's a, a maturity thing. You can definitely tell how comfortable he is, just even how comfortable he is with the fans. Yeah, and everybody loves him, so I think all that adds to his confidence and him not uh, being so spastic and in dire situations. So I, I honestly would not be surprised if he wins the the supercross for honda just by toning it down a little bit he, he very well could and i'm not taking anything away from him. i like jet i've followed jet since he was in the emx2 class i i'm a big hunter supporter i'm a big fan of their whole program i'm just i've said this on the show before i'm a little annoyed with people keep talking about this generational talent generational talent should we call daniel blair you want to talk no to because i already this? well because daniel blair i know how he feels about sexton as well like i i just i don't like when all these dudes get a lot of hype when and they are just winning their first title Talk to me in a few years when he's had to defend that title. He's had more pressure to win more titles now. He gets a little bit older, and then he gets into the 450 class. Like, we've seen it before. He can do a bunch of stuff on the 250s, but more if he gets... pressure. What rookie coming in has had more hype than him? James Stewart. Ten times. And I'm, only, I, and I'm not going to be rude okay. because you weren't, you weren't in the sport as heavy back then. Let's go last five years. Last five years? Yeah. Since guys that have come in in the last five years? Yeah. Who's had more hype than him? Well, we haven't had any rookies of worth in the last five years. Yep. Okay, so you're, but I'm talking about all time. So, like, Austin Fortner had a lot of hype coming in as well. Yeah. Okay. AC had, AC had more hype than Jet, Jet Lawrence did. He had more pressure on him coming out because he won 10 times more than Jet Lawrence did as an amateur. I'll go yeah, back. I, I would agree with that. I, yeah, I, I agree with the AC thing. AC yeah. is about the last one since I've been in it, okay, and that was seven years ago because yep. it was 2013, 2014, whatever it was mm-hmm. when, he went, when he went pro. Yep. AC I think did he, have the the same amount of hype going in. Yeah, but uh, I would think Forkner would probably be right there with just yeah. as amount of hype. Too. Yeah, Forkner had a lot of hype. He ha- that, did Forkner have a fan base though? Like AC? No, he didn't have a nuts. fan base, That's, but he had a lot of hype from Kawasaki though. Yeah, he My, he was hyped. But I just don't feel like th- I feel like there's 
I feel like it's a different level of hype here. My point is to Jet, Jet is is I'm not talking about the hype. I'm not talking about he's not going to do this. I just I the generational talent thing needs to tone back until we get a little bit further in his career. Great, he won a title his second year. It's not like he's the first person to ne- to win a title he's his second year. Seventeen, man. James Stewart won a title at sixteen. I know. I, so my know. point is is that we need to get They're a little different bit, generations. Yeah, but we need so. it. But we need to get a little bit further into Jet's career before talking about generational talent. He get into the four fifties, and I'm not saying this is going to happen. But he get into the four fifties, and he could just absolutely lay an egg. Well, so and then will we look back and say, oh, he was a generational talent? No. My point is, is that we can't go off of his first two years and be like he's doing this and doing that when he's just winning his first title. Give him a couple years. Give him a couple titles under there. More wins, and then we'll talk about it. But as far as like him being a generational talent, it's way too early. Everybody thought Fortner was going to be a generational talent. How's that going for him? <laughs> AC. You know uh, I, I, I honestly, I would say that Fortner is generational talent. Um, you know, he just he's had a lot of injuries. I would even say, you know, I'm, I'm just going to again debate you on the thing. I think Jet is generational talent. If you if you want to talk about people that come out of their generations that are abnormally talented mm-hmm. and gifted, I would say those guys are. And I think what happened with Forkner is he had the whole Stewart thing happen. Yeah. Where you, you take uh, a couple years off with injuries or whatnot and you come back and people catch up. You know, it's it's the whole Conor McGregor. You leave when you're the shit and then when you come back, you just start getting your ass kicked because everyone has moved on and is not scared of you anymore. And do 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 do. So and and personally, uh, that Kawasaki team, I don't. They used to be. You have to make it or break it. If you get onto Cowie, it was awesome because it was like, hey, this could bump start your career, and but really bad if you don't make it because then every other team's going to look at you and go. Hey, you couldn't make it on Kawasaki. Why should we give you a ride? But now, with Mitch Payton and how things have been going, I don't think many people want a Cowie ride. I think just when I when I hear the word generational talent, and I guess I should classify it, I think of what have you accomplished? And now, talent, obviously, that can be, once again, we can compartmentalize it and put talent. There's been a lot of talented dudes. I think the one of the most talented guys I ever watched growing up was Ben Riddle. But Ben Riddle had a lot of injuries. And he just... Um, so I guess I look at it as, what have you achieved? Okay, so perfect question for you, because you hate this guy that I'm about to say. Jeffrey Hurlings. Is Jeffrey Hurlings generational talent? Because you can't say he's not if you go off of what he's accomplished and what he's done and his speed, as much as you hate the guy. I mean, so, so here's, here's, my, here's my, uh, my problem with Jeffrey, okay? Jeffrey won a shit ton of 250, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, or MX2. Whatever. Yep. Won a shit ton of MX2. Yep. To the point that they kept changing the rules so he didn't have to move to MX1. Yeah, which was a KTM. I mean, they changed the rules how many years? Two, three years? And that was a KTM pressuring them to do that. Yes, yes, I know. So, anyway, so um, with him, it's like he had all, he had all of the, all the standards to Mm. be a generational talent. Mm-hmm. And in, in in the 250 class, yeah, you could you hyped him just like we are with Jet with being a generational talent. Now you get to his 450 career, he can't stay off the ground, he can't stay healthy. He's only won one 450 title in what four years? Has a lot of 450 wins, but yes, has a lot, a lot, of, a lot of wins. Yep, 100, percent 100. percent But you're like, man, dude, one title for GPS. But do you see the road I'm going down here, though? I, I do, but we're still early enough in Jet's career that we can hype it and as that's a what generational I mean. hey, talent. And there's nothing. Oh, go ahead, Johnny. Justin and Travis, um, I'm 
when I think of the word generational talent, I don't think of resume. Okay. I think of what potentially the resume could be. Okay. You know, like I think of Carnard was a, a generational talent. Yeah, and the dude good. just had bad luck, had Austin bad Stroop. luck, had bad luck. Austin but, Stroop yeah, was exactly. another one. Yep. These guys have massive potential in order to that could ride a dirt bike. Mm-hmm. But you, it, it's not just about being able to ride a dirt bike. You have to have the mentality. You have to have the people behind you. And you also have to have good luck. Yep. And, oh, yeah. you know, Carmichael has even said that he wasn't the most talented guy. But he was able to put in the work. And among other things, what did he accomplish? So I really think the resume has nothing to do. Because if you look at, like, other sports when you see people that are just abnormally gifted some of the people just throw away their gift Mm -hmm. they they don't accomplish anything they have everything and you know it's almost those people that in school to like just an analogy to make it easier for other people to understand is you know we always wanted to be that one person that didn't have to study for a test and could just show up and get an a in my mind forkner lawrence uh canard these are the type of guys that had the talent to do that, but given the right tools and um, them, their work ethic and everything else and staying healthy with just good luck, they could potentially have the resume of a Ricky Carmichael. Yeah. Uh, again, generational talent is could they have the potential to be Ricky Carmichael? So I guess that's the, the ceiling, the resistance that everyone is, is looking for, and I would say yes by those terms. So I, I, I agree with the statement. Okay. Um, so I guess not really to talk about much on Jets end. Did a perfect weekend. Same thing he did at Ironman. I mean, he wraps the title after the first moto this weekend, right? I mean, yeah, barring anything. I mean, the only thing that's going to keep him from doing that is a bike issue. Which, yeah. I mean. Full catastrophe. It's not. <clears throat> the likelihood of that happening is pretty slim. But once again, this is motocross. Anything can happen. Yeah. It would really suck if that's the way it, but let's talk about Justin or Cooper. Or if he got a penalty because of the gate. you know. <laughs> oh, God. Here we <laughs> go. Oh, God. Johnny, oh. is, that your, is that your next video? Oh, boy. That should be <laughs> your next video. It's definitely stuff in my notes. Um, I, I believe it's oh, something God. worth talking about. So, oh, boy. So the, Jay car- Coop. the carrot ears are coming out. So, Jay Coop, uh, we talked about this on our Iron Man show and kind of at the track. Uh, there's something wrong with Jay Coop. He's hurt. Yeah, but I'm thinking he's also... He got fucked up in Washougal. I know, but I also think that it, there's, there's something going on, I think, with his body. He's probably got COVID, too. Well, I... Making think, out with Marv or something. I think that he has what a lot of the guys in the pits have right now, and I think that that's... COVID? A, no, Epst- well, not just that. Epstein Barr. Oh. Well, I think he's got... I think he mono. has a... I, <laughs> <laughs> wife swap, girlfriend swap, whatever. On the private jets. Uh... Yeah, well, his chick's dad's private jet. Whatever. Um, it's fine. It's still a jet. He's, he's got issues, man. He has issues. And it's. It, I'm not a J. Coop fan. I'm just a fan of good racing. It really sucks with how his first couple motos were going, uh, starting after Washugal, to see that he is going to lose this title because of whatever issues he has going on, whether it be the injury from Washugal, Epstein Barr, COVID, whatever. It really sucks because we had talked about this after uh, Bud's Creek with the way the season or the way the rounds were going. He dominates the first moto. Jet does better than the second moto. He's literally going to come down to one point, possibly the last moto at Hangtown. And now the last four motos. Granted, he had a good second moto at Paula. It's falling apart for him. Mm -hmm. And it sucks that we possibly, because we talked about this, how hyped up we were going to be if it came down to one freaking point. Winner take all. You beat me, you win the title. Doesn't matter. All the other shit don't matter. You beat me, it could be for 10th. 
you win the title, and now we're not going to get to see that. And it well, just nope. Go ahead. Sorry, Justin. Uh, you're you're onto something here, and I've said it before. I think there's we're 22 motos in. Yep. 22 motos of 35 minute motos of working your ass off, not to mention travel and and everything else. Like these guys are not superhuman. No matter whatever they put in their body, it's going to something. You're eventually going to overwork. And with Supercross, 17 rounds, and then now 12 rounds of this. It's, I I think the series is too long and mm-hmm. Epstein Bar, in my opinion, it's just it's from overwork. Yep. And if the, one of them has COVID or something, they're obviously not going to say it because then they're okay. I can't say that they're obviously not going to say. I will put it in the terms of if I had COVID or if I had some sort of. I know when I had COVID because I did have COVID. My heart rate normally my heart rate stays around forty five to fifty. And when I had COVID, my resting heart rate was around 70, 75. Yep. And oh, yeah. if, if, if then you have some sort of injury, whether it's the flu or whatever, that is going to inhibit your ability to do 35 minutes. Like, look at Roxon. He was able to win at Fox Raceway at round one. Yep. He was able to win a moto. And here, he just looked like he literally fell flat on on his ass and that's with probably help of again conspiracy here of going to your motorhome and getting an iv and you know helping doing whatever you can to try to stay in in the fight here as far as recovery wise with all that he wasn't able to to do it i just think it's it's from overwork these guys are way too overworked and it's one of the reasons why nobody wants to go to the motocross of nations well, RJ's got that issue going on right now, too. And we saw it up close and personal on Iron Man, because obviously Iron Man, it was just as hot, but we had the humidity. I told you what I saw yeah, after like, he, Yeah, he was dead. Now, Paul well, comes What around. happened to uh, Travis Pastrana at Daytona? I don't remember yeah. what year it was. But when he had heat he stroke, he wadded through the whoops and hit his head really hard. Yep. Like, oh, yeah. RJ, if he's throwing up mid-moto, where is Doc Botner? Where is he saying, like, oh, fuck no, you can't. Yeah, you, you you can't ride the next moto like come on again given a, a racer left to his own devices he's going to make the wrong decision be- about his health because everyone considers hey i'm a pussy if i don't go through with this and i don't fight like i need to push through my whole <clears throat> the only reason why i have a team and the only reason why i'm a racer my identity is because i push and i'm a gladiator and i'm i'm a fighter that's where i feel the sport needs to <clears throat> have more of the rider's safety in hand to for the longevity of it because again look at how many riders are injured right now like i guess i could do the statistics as far as how many guys have signed up and we've got 10 12 guys that are really out you know if you take 50 riders and 10 12 of them you know that's a good that's 20 percent, 20 30 percent of the whole field is out why is that happening is the is it is it too dangerous um what what's going on you know and so it's i feel the people the team managers, the the safety crew, the medics, it's their responsibility to be able to be like, hey, guys, you, you can't do this. And that's where I feel like the sport is being left behind as people don't care. Yes, everyone in a roundabout way indirectly cares and they don't want to see anybody get injured and, and hurt and, you know, die type of a thing. But there, I just don't feel like there's enough of preventative 
uh, maintenance for this stuff. I mean, I've gone over that stuff before, but I'm digressing and I'm talking too much. Travis and Justin, <laughs> leave the floor to you. It's your show. No, no, you're fine, did, man. Did you, uh, maybe I'm making something out of nothing with this, but speaking of RJ, did you guys happen to catch what he said on the podium when he was talking about when uh, Ashley asked him about recovery? Did you happen to hear the word? Now, once again, I might be making something out of nothing. It's the fact that he was a little bit dizzy. It's the fact that we're interviewing these dudes literally right after a 35-minute moto in 100-degree weather. Jet was fresh. No. Uh, and the fact that maybe he just couldn't articulate himself. But did you happen to hear the, the comments that he made about the team? They were like, oh, what are you going to do? Are you going to be a recover? And he goes, yeah, there's no way. I'm going to go back and get a nice bath. And, you know, when the team juices me up. <laughs> uh, I didn't catch that. Am I... Um, Am yeah, I there's the, a lot of secrets that people don't oh, know and, and oh, yeah. people don't want to know. But and, and, and we and, and, and we all on this phone call know that there's shit that goes on. Like, let's be real. But I find it funny that uh, RJ <laughs> said that. We're getting some real good stuff on the podium. RJ's getting juiced up. Uh, Cooper, they're changing. They're swapping frames. I just I found it really hilarious. And I go, ooh, I go, RJ, you probably didn't mean to say that. And all due respect, that is fine. But uh, I'm really hoping people just kind of gloss over what you just said there. Because that, I swear to God, dude, that is the first thing that came to mind. I'm like, ooh, RJ's just a no-no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe I'm the only one that thinks that's funny, but like I no, heard no, that- no, no, no. That 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 is. It, it's good for you to bring that up because I think we all know what juicing him up means. Mm-hmm. Is is an IV? You know, it's it's you can't recover. Hundred degree weather, even with um, low humidity, thirty five minutes. It's hard to recover to be back up going again. And you see these guys time and time again that are able to get their helmets off and they look like they could go do it again. And that to me is, is superhuman. That is not no matter how much work and everything you put in Dylan, superhuman. Oh no, but he's, he's a vegan. So (laughs) that completely makes sense to me as to why he's fresh. Yeah. Um, Is this a joke? I'm I'm, I'm kidding. Okay. I was like, are you joking? (laughs) Travis literally was over here like, uh, what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) I mean, that motherfucker didn't even take his helmet off yesterday. I mean, he's he oh, just dude, sat I like there. how he wears a chest protector. He's like the only guy on the field that actually protects his chest and his back with some sort of hard plastic. Yes. Uh, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Where's that over the thing? Coop was wearing one now. Coop, yeah, Coop, Coop was wearing is. one. 2016 Star Racing Yamaha Cooper Webb showed up for a little bit. <laughs> uh Let's go to RJ's teammate, though. The the fill-in guy, Josh Faris. Dude, so pumped for that kid. Uh Great starts. I understand they and even Weege talked about this. Uh, it probably in their mind was not a fill-in because they needed somebody for Jalik and Styles. Uh, they just needed somebody opposite of RJ. And I understand it's Paula, and he's probably going to be really well at Hangtown. But if I'm other teams and I'm looking at him going, if that's all it took to get you in the top 10, because that was the thing. They said his results at the last four rounds was like 11 11 15 11 mm-hmm. like he will literally could not be any closer to be the top 10 you put him on a factory bike all of a sudden he gets some starts can hold his own and i think that was just in the thing yeah, of nine nine yeah his cardio he hadn't been used to running that pace for 35 minutes and maybe mentally he just same thing couldn't kind of like the old michael essie thing it's just his brain couldn't comprehend going that fast for that long um yeah pump for that kid like dude that was kind of weird though that they took a KTM kid and put him on a Husky. Well, right? you know, they're all the I same. I know way. they're all the same. I'm just saying it's a weird yeah, situation, Yeah, well, it's right? all run by DeCoster now. Gas, gas, yeah, KTM. Oh, yeah. You know, Bobby Hewitt's out of the question. Um, 
I think that's why Coop can kind of get away with the whole frame deal is they can they can change by the whole homologated rule. I probably said that wrong, but you know <laughs> they they can get away with it. They're uh, cornering the market here with those three manufacturers, and and I think Josh is a prime example as you give a talented rider the right equipment at the elite level, he can show up. I mean, you look at somebody like Josh Grant, Josh Hansen, that might have been on the sideline for a while. You give them the right equipment. They're all of a sudden up there uh, fighting for race wins. You know, it's just, it's ironic, I guess, as I'm using the term, it's ironic. I think that there's a good 20, 30 guys in the country that could be top five at any race given the right equipment. I think at the professional level, it's got so much more to do with equipment than what people, um, what people even think about. How about uh, Joe Schmoda? God, I love that kid. Just dude, from no ride to <clears throat> to, to, to basically earning his way onto the team, like to now being the top guy on pro circuit. There's like a line. Yeah. There's a line that like when you start going over the red, like in the red, and I don't mean as far as like your heart rate. There's a line where people like. Am I going over my limit? What my brain can process? What my body can do? There's a lot of guys that ride under that line. Joe is literally like right at that line where he's pushing it. You can tell because he even said like, "Hey, I want to be a little bit more. I want to be less conservative. I want to hit the ground." I don't think he actually <laughs> meant crash. Yeah, I don't think he actually <laughs> meant that. Like that was stupid for them to say that. But like people understood what they meant. Yeah, he is so good now at literally riding that fine line, and it's really hard to do that, especially if, especially for somebody like him who is so smooth. He is so talented. But he is literally always on that line because you watch him get loose and his brain knows, okay, I gotta back it down three percent. And we know guys in this industry or guys out there have a hard time, especially in a battle, mm-hmm. backing it down. They're like, Oh, I can, my talent can pull me through, my bike is good enough. And they don't know how to do it. Joe, you see it time and time again. He gets sketch, I'm gonna back it down two percent, calm, bring my heart rate down. Guy maybe maybe he's gonna pass me a little bit, and then I'm gonna bring it back, and then I'm gonna close the gap on him again. I'm so happy for that dude. And I'll stamp this right now. If he's on the coast opposite of Jet and Colt Nichols next year in Supercross, I think he wins a title. If he's on the coast opposite of Jet Lawrence and Colt Nichols. You think he beats Justin Cooper? Yes, I really do. Hmm. I really do. And I know that that's going to be a... Is Forkner at the three-year point with the points? Does he have to move up? No. Or is no. he able to no. stay in the 250 again? No, but there's a whole lot of rumors flying around about that, too. I also didn't even like realize this. Like I saw this yesterday and whatever. Kudos if you want to say to Racer X. Like we all thought Colt was moving up. Colt's not moving up next year. He's staying at Star on the 250. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was that rumor that if he did well outdoors, he was going to go get a 450 ride. He's mm-hmm. not. So anyways, yes, I think if he is on a coast opposite of Jet Lawrence and Colt Nichols, I think that Joe wins a 250 Supercross title next year. Did you notice last week? So last week when we were at Ironman, mm. he came over to the TPJ tent after everything Joe? was over. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see him sitting there? And like... He didn't look like he was fucked up from the heat. No. Which was weird. Which kind of everything that we had thought going into the year, we were completely wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know who he was talking to. I think he was talking to that Zion Ramella kid or Probably. his mechanic, whatever. But no, like, I'm just happy for him. Like, dude, I would honestly say I think he has made the biggest jump from his rookie year of anyone yeah. out there. Because, I mean, last year, like, he was... I don't even really remember a Supercross season, to be honest with you. That's how uneventful it was. And outdoors, like, he came on strong at the end of the year, but he was just, like, a 8-12 to 12 guy, which, don't get me wrong, is really good, but that team was, like, loaded last year. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was, like, 8-12 to 12 was, like, the back end of that team at Geico. And now 
And I fully believe even if everybody would have been healthy this year on that team, he still would have been the best place in Cowie guy. Yep. Like he's just, he has been on it and I'm happy for that dude. Like he, he's definitely showing that all the support he was getting from Japan and the push and all the stuff around him as an amateur, like through Geico. Hype was real. The hype was real. I mean, I understand it's hard because he came in the same time Jet did. So like he's always going to be overshadowed in that sense. But well, dude, he had big connections with Honda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Which is actually amazing that he didn't end up on HRC also. Well, the funny thing is, too, is remember how yeah, I told no, you that story about Hammaker and like now they're on the same team together? And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm just really happy for him. Like, I, I like the kid. He's humble. He's getting better with the, the culture that is America because you can still though there's a disconnect with him. Um, I fully believe in a few years, if he keeps going on this route, he's going to be one of, I mean, dude, even Iron Man, did you hear the podium for him? Like Joe, Joe, like people were loving it. And I'm like, that's, I mean, granted, we've Everybody never, Everybody loves a little Japanese guy, right? Akira Narita would beg to differ. <laughs> Whatever. What do you guys think of the, the kids that were winning at Loretta? Levi Kitchen and Kilroy. So Levi had a good so, photo. Me and Kitchen got beef. Oh, Jesus. Here we go all with right. this crap again. Like we got, we got some beef going on because Kitchen was like all hyping up about like coming to Red Bud and racing, and he was going to huck the leap first practice. So I was like, all right, cool. We got to go stand by the leap first practice, which is not something we ever do, even being Red Bud locals. I was like, we got to go stand there because I got to see this kid huck this first practice. And that motherfucker did not jump the leap once all day. Hey, to be fair to so him, we though, got beef. To be fair to him, though, if we never would have done that, you never would have got the Fortner video. That is also true. So you know what? Suck it. So we got beef, but uh, we but thank you at the same time. No, um, he had a great second moto. The first moto just... Well, he was in that first turn pileup. Are you talking race specific, or are you talking just overall since they've come out of Loretta's? Johnny? Qualified 17th out of the... Look at this guy. He's <laughs> got numbers. Yeah, his qualifying was terrible, but I think that could, because he knows Paula, he was like, hey, whatever. Yeah. Qualified 17th on a star bike. You know, so I don't know. Well, the second moto Iron Man was Kilroy. definitely not his fault. <laughs> Where'd Kilroy... What was Kilroy's deal? Where'd he finish? He was like eleventh, uh, the second moto, I think. He got a, he was Kilroy's fifteenth overall with a sixteen eleven. Yeah, he uh, was Kitchen bad. was ninth overall with a twelve seven. Honestly, I've been slightly more impressed with Kilroy, strictly on the fact of he's on that Suzuki, as opposed to I mean, like Kitchen's on a star bike. So Kitchen in yeah, the Kitchen, yeah. you know, floating around that top ten mark is kind of like uh, I really. Th- expected more out of kitchen i don't follow the amateurs super close justin started hyping kitchen up like last year is like oh man he's gonna be awesome he's gonna be the, awesome the so i expected a little amateurs. more yeah go ahead sorry no no I, go ahead go ahead no 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 i, I hear you the, the problem i have with the amateurs is you've got one to three guys that have really nice equipment yeah so they're all racing each other yep um and then now you get them into the pros and now you've got 15 guys that have got really nice equipment so it's interesting to, to kind of see where they, they fill. And I completely agree. I'm more impressed with Kilroy being on the, the freaking Suzuki, you know, the oldest shit bike. And, and maybe he's doing that. On, I, honestly, he might get more support if he was to ride a, a 125, a 150, <laughs> and, and do do well. But uh, he well, qualified 18th, just one behind Kitchen. So if Kitchen doesn't... Maybe they've got a, a deal with him where they're like, hey, this is a, a warm-up. But if he doesn't 
put in some results next year, he's he's not on the team anymore. Oh no, he's gonna go the same way of like uh, uh, Fry. And, He'll be fine. Uh, who else is? Well, you say that, man. But again, like. Okay, like perfect example, Iron Man. Where was he at before he had the fuel? That stupid freak accident. He was literally getting ready to pass yes. RJ for fourth. Yes, he was He was right up there. He rode, the, he rode great there. But what I'm saying is you've got, like, Jared Fry is on that team, okay? And Fry... And Fry's actually had a pretty good back half of the season In, right in my now. opinion, Fry has put in the same sort of results that Kitchen's been putting in outside of where Kitchen was yeah. running at Iron Man before the accident, but whatever, you know, shit happens. But, again... If I assume Kitchen's deal is the same as everyone else's. He's got one year. So next year, I basically. I don't know this for certain, but I'm going to say that that's probably not right. I think he's more on the thrasher side of things, and he has two years to prove himself. I still bet if he doesn't do anything, if he doesn't get in that top five next year at any point, you're going to see him go by the wayside after a year. The only reason I would say that you'd probably be right on that is the fact that they have Nick Romano and Matt LeBlanc waiting in the wings. But Matt LeBlanc also has to learn how to stay healthy because he's been hurt a lot. Romano yeah. obviously is doing really well. Probably going to be the probably going to be winning a titles all year. Yep, going into Loretta's next year. Um, and oh, go ahead, Johnny. Sorry, I, again, guys. I'm I'm really bad at interrupting you. No, you're that's okay, man. For, we have you, we have you on the show so that yep. we don't have to talk all the time. <laughs> so go for it. It's interesting that the 250 class has changing, and what I mean by changing is guys are so much older. You know, Cooper, um, Hampshire, Martin. You've got these guys that are over 25 to close to Nichols. You know, that are almost 30. That's, uh, that's interesting for the 250 class. The 250 class is supposed to be a stair step up to the, the 450 class. But the problem is, is there's really only five paying spots on good teams in the 450 class. So in order to even be considered for one of those, you have to win a championship. So you've got guys like Martin, you know, that uh, unfortunately, again, I think Martin is one of those kind of generational talent. He's just yep. had some really bad luck. Yep. Um, you, you, you see him dip out in Supercross so that he can come back and stay so that he can win a championship so then he could potentially get up there. But now you kind of have a problem with his age. You know, it, what what 450 team is going to hire somebody that is, is towards the last end of their career when they could invest in somebody um, that's much younger? And, and that's kind of part of the reason why I think Tomac has left Kawasaki. Granted, it, it was more of a suspension issue. Um, that I won't get into, but uh, you've got AC that is a, a younger dude that they can build that team off where Tomac, unfortunately, is sort of at the last end of his, his career. But again, I'm, I'm digressing. I'm moving from what I my point of saying that it's harder for these guys like Kitchen and Kilroy, you know, Lawrence being the exception of these guys that are young 17, 18-year-old kids because you're you're racing against vet riders that have been around this for, you know, 10, 12, 15 years. Well, Travis, I'm about to make you real mad with oh uh, if we're talking amateurs. Um, heard, another, heard another rumor yesterday. Uh, oh, boy. Chance Hymas is not moving up to the 250 class next year. He is staying down another year in amateurs. What do you, what do you, so he's going to run amateurs next year and the year after? No, he's going to run amateurs next year and then move up the following season. Oh, okay. Cool. Why is that gonna make me mad? I was thinking that you were like gonna be super excited to see him because Han because of the Honda thing that he was gonna be moving up for Supercross. Yeah, no, they're gonna he's gonna stay in amateurs until Jet moves out. Okay, well, 
He's young enough. He's going to do that. They're going to keep running him in A-class until Jet moves out. I'm telling you, Honda's smart about this with their plan because as coaches told us many times, and I fully agree with him, Jet is there to take Kenny's spot when Kenny retires. I think Kenny's going to race next year, and then Jet will move up after that as long as everything's falling into place and he's doing well, and then you're going to see Hymas move into his 250 spot. You well, watch, really, I, thing. I really They're hope... They're not going to run three 250 riders. No, no, but I really hope for Hymas' sake that he his contract is really, really good because I'm here to tell you if Romano goes out and puts the beat down on him next year... I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think it's going to be good racing. And he I, might beat him, but I don't think he's going to put the beat down on him. I don't know, man. Rider D beat Hymas straight up at Paula in the, the West Combine. Yeah. No, that's not. Eh. Ryder D has been off for quite a while. That's not a good look, bro. Hymas looked fucking excellent. He did. Iron he Man, he okay? very much so did. I don't give a fuck about some shitty practice track in the California desert. That I, he doesn't look as great on. Doesn't I would, bother me at all. I would. It's not a good look. On a real racetrack like Iron Man, it's Hymas not, looked fucking incredible. It's not good when the kid that's been off for a month comes out and beats you. Yeah. It's not a good look. I'm not, I'm not sweating it. I, he beat him on a practice track. Congratulations. Mm, it doesn't go that far, man. You know how these factories look at things. They don't. They, optics is everything. And all yeah. I'm saying is, is if he goes out and Romano beats him next year, Honda might be going. First off, Ryder D is going to have to actually show up to a fucking race for, with a title in it. Oh, in, yeah. in order for him to actually be considered better than Hymas. Oh, I, don't, okay? I don't disagree with that either. Well, Hymas doesn't have a title either. so. Are, Next year's his year. That's what I mean. I'm not disagreeing with you. I like the Hymas signing for Honda. I'm just saying that if his contract is not ironclad and he lays an egg next year. I mean, probably Ryder D flew directly from Iron Man directly into yes. the Paula track and has been spinning laps I, all week since I'm then. Not, so. I'm not. This, is, this was not being brought up to be a debate about Chance Hymas. I'm just saying that if I'm him, I hope his contract is ironclad because if Romano goes out and beats him pretty easily next year. I don't see it happen. Romano's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to argue with you about no, Romano. No, Romano's very good. Romano's also good. Okay, well, look, let's tone her down, bud. Because he's very, Levi very good. Kitchen was a fucking generational talent to you, too, and he he hasn't sniffed a podium yet. But so. you've put- hey, changing the t- topic, what do you guys uh, think of Martin I, as far as him Jay pretty Ma- much this being his season to win? Jay Ma- you're talking about I think Jay he Mar- I think he would have won the title had he stayed healthy the entire year. Yep. And what do you think of him being on the 250 again for for next year, not signing a 450 gig? I mean, I'm if Money? he can make if he can make 300,000. So here's the thing, I had this in my notes here actually for for what you said. You were talking about Jmart being a generational talent and I I have to disagree with that. Strictly on the fact of so when I think of a generational talent, and it's funny that we keep throwing this around. Yeah, I don't think this wording has ever been used this, <laughs> this much. much. Thank, <laughs> thanks Daniel. Uh, but anyway, when I think of generational talent, I think of someone that can do both and i don't look at jmart as someone that can do both jmart is a okay 250 or okay supercross rider and he's a fucking beast outdoors Mm -hmm. like you will never hear me argue about jmart outdoors however indoors completely different tale of the tapes so and as far as jmart goes i think jmart should be one of the first guys that these teams look at to try to sign as a fill-in supercross rider and a full-time outdoor 450 guy like husky yeah, something like yeah. that. Because he, because dude, you put him on any factory 450, he goes out and he wins you this outdoor title year I'll be real honest after year. If he was on that after star, year. if he's on that star 450 bike when he like if he just rode outdoors, just yeah. hey, focus on outdoors. 
I don't disagree with that statement. There is a real possibility he could go out and win the 450 outdoor title. That that would not surprise me at all. But I think these teams need to really take a look at it and be like, look, what is his problem with why has he not won these outdoor 250 titles, the ones that he hasn't won? Okay, well, let's go back. He gets hurt by a freak accident. Okay, nothing you could do about that. This year, he's injured. Why is he injured? Well, he got injured in Supercross. You know, whatever. He's had problems with Supercross. So if I'm them, I sign him on a deal that says, hey, look, you're a fill-in Supercross guy. So you're going to practice Supercross once a week, twice a week, whatever. You're going to have a setup that you can go to the races. We don't want you to do anything other than put the bike on the track in Supercross. We don't want you to win. We don't care if you podium. We don't want anything. We just want you to go ride that. We want you to do outdoor riding and testing once or twice a week also. And make sure that you have a setup on that, that you're dialed. So when we go outdoors, you fucking go crush it. That's what I would do with him. Because let's face it, he's he's getting to the point, or, or even fuck Supercross altogether. Just sign him for outdoors. Outdoor only deal. Mookie indoor only. J-Mart outdoor only. Boom. There, look, we just solved that problem. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I just, that's not where the money's at. It. I don't think everybody would, would ever have a, a motocross only gig. I mean... Just I I agree with you that yeah like yeah the like there isn't me and Justin go back and forth about this nobody gives a fuck about outdoors anymore um, but in my mind it's like well if we're gonna keep doing it we might as well try to fucking win it so how are we gonna win it let's get ourselves a dude that is fucking outdoors on because think about J Mark could ride outdoors till he was thirty five if you took him off Supercross because let's face it. Chances of you getting hurt in outdoors are way less than indoors. Well, and his thing is, too, is he's one of the most physically fit dudes yeah. in, I don't know. in the paddock. I don't know. I, I kind of disagree with that. I think the um, maybe a little bit as far as in motocross because of the speed, you, you can kind of stop and roll. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got more inertia where in supercross you're doing 30 miles an hour and it's a real slam. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, However, the speeds are quite a bit I'm just, greater. I'm just saying, motocross if, and if we go back and look, like say outdoors versus indoors here over the last, we'll just go with five years, okay? We'll go with how long we've done the show. The amount of major injuries that we've seen in outdoors compared to indoors, I mean, well, and J Mart's thing too is, is it shows the difference with Supercross, the disparity in talent of riding a Supercross track, even the guys making the main mm-hmm. at the back of the pack compared to what their talent is on an outdoor track because J-Mart's injury this year was because he got a terrible fucking start. Yep. He was in the trash, as I like to call it, and a lot of guys, I've, been, I've called it that for years. Like I understand it sounds funny, but I just it is. He's in the trash, and guys didn't know what to do in that situation, whereas outdoors, even if everybody's bunched up, a guy's going to know, hey, am I going to huck this double? Nope, we're too far bunched up. I'm going to check up, do whatever. Whereas in Supercross, guys are like, well... I could roll this. Literally, I just blew my whole momentum for the rhythm section. So, like, that was what happened with Jamar. It was an incident of, I don't know what to do. What do I do? I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't know. It's just unfortunate with Jamar because he's I, I've, I've I'm same thing with Amar. I, I love both of them. I've been a Jamar fan for a very very long time, and I will debate this with anybody. He would have won this outdoor title this year had he got not hurt, not gotten hurt. And this is nothing to take away from Jet and Jay Coop. It's just Jamar outdoors is a whole different animal. You don't listen to the main event moto, do you? I haven't listened to it in a while. Uh, was it last week? I want to say Daniel did the math. And if you took out the rounds that J-Mart wasn't there, you took out like Cooper and Jets finishes those rounds, 
Jmart was leading by like three points. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at yeah. all. No, it doesn't surprise like me. Like he either. just he once again not taking anything away from Jet and Jay Coop, whoever wins the title between the both of them, they earned it. But Jmart outdoors, and we talked about that on a previous show, is just a different animal. He's a beast. Yes. Outdoors, he is yeah. just he is next level. Um, it just it's very unfortunate. I saw somebody I don't know what I, where I was looking at, but somebody goes after Jmart went down at Ironman. They go, yeah, man, he is really really good at riding over his head, and I go. Have you not watched J-Mart's entire career? Like, the way he rode that first moto, that's just who J-Mart is. That's not riding over his head. That's literally Jeremy Martin in a nutshell. Like, he is just really good at riding that ragged Do you think edge. he crashed because of wood chips? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Johnny, don't get me started. <laughs> no, that um, where he crashed there, the, that was all sand. Like, that whole section through the, like, that uphill jump into the corner and then you kind of went down the hill and turned right well and it was also a hip, it was like a it was like a hip signal yeah too. it was but that was yeah. all sand man there wasn't wood chips down there somebody somebody goes I, though. I liked it it seemed like the shadows were quite a bit uh less compared to what it's been in years past at at iron man but sorry we're, we're talking about fox i just um i don't get people a- telling me that it was it was wood chips is what caused well dylan had an dylan issue with wood chips. on <laughs> in qualifying yeah. Dylan had an issue with wood chips. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it was wood chips in that no. corner. Because, uh, like I said, when when we got there Friday and we're walking around the whole track, like scoping it out and everything, that was that area was all very sandy. I'm also going to be honest with you. Like, obviously, we never saw the shot of him going up the face, but like, I think that was just an instance of the way he angled the face with when he was trying to scrub. He just went too far to the right. Because, like, if you watched him the laps before, he was literally going outside and straightening out because it kind of is an angling single floater whatever you want to call it yeah um but i just i found it funny when i saw that somewhere people were like yeah jmart is just really really good at riding over his head and i go you really have not watched jeremy martin his entire career this is just who jmart is like that's his comfort zone part of his injuries this year in outdoor was because he was already injured from supercross 100 percent. oh yeah because what he had the shoulder he had fingers, the, the fingers, the, wrist. the fractured wrist. Well, the fingers he got practicing during the week back in Minnesota. But the other stuff, yeah, like the shoulder, the wrist. We didn't even find out about the wrist till after. Like, we knew the shoulder. Yeah. It's um, just like Coach says. One injury just leads to another. Well, yeah, because, because you then you start, compensa- yeah. you start compensating with other parts of your body. And, again, my, my thing is, is why would somebody be willing, knowing that they're not 100%, to get back on the horse? You know, because, you know, Jeremy Martin is a – is mature enough to kind of see to weigh out sort of the risk first reward. So it, it makes me wonder as what is being said in the back, because I am under the impression that a lot of guys are only as good as their last race or their, their last result of some, you know, trying to make their stock grow. Um, Cause you, you've got guys in any other sport, right. That uh, get injured in their sideline and they're happy to collect, uh, you know, their their check and sometimes it's 50 percent of what they're contracted for or you know that they more or less have to release some of that stuff publicly but in motocross you know i think there's a lot of this non-disclosure agreements going on to where potentially you know what if let's just say hypothetically uh in your contract says that you have to do so well in the series to get paid i know from from rumors that ricky carmichael he put it into his contract that, hey, I don't want um, any any salary. I just want full bonus money. You know, like I just I know I'm going to win 24-0. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a perfect season, 
and that's the way I want my contract written. It makes you wonder what what was said, what was signed as to why some of these riders feel the need to uh, come back less than 100%. Because we all know this sport is dangerous, and we all know he is supposed to win. You yeah. know, we all three just said that he's supposed to win. So by that definition, it would seem that you have more to lose than to gain if you don't win. You know what I mean? I so it, it just... It, it it's just interesting. I, I I find it. I guess I'm just questioning what how his contract's actually written with Star. Um, I, I'm assuming it has to be money as to why he felt the need to to come back to try to race as opposed to just taking the whole summer off and. Well, I mean, I heard that it, I heard that he didn't have a contract for next year. Well, we thought he was going to possibly go to Pro Circuit. Yeah, so. I like the reasoning I kept hearing why he was coming back riding is because he didn't have a contract. For and that just year. shows how much he was kind of getting screwed because he never should have been at Redbud. Yeah. Like it just shows that like, oh, and I don't want to use the term blackballed, but it, like it shows where kind of we've been just talking about like getting an age in the 250 class, not having a ride for 450. I think he thought that, oh, I don't even have a ride for 250s next year. I need to go out and at least show like, hey, I can still get moto wins, get overalls. And prove a point that this should have been my title, and that just once again shows how screwed up the stuff is in our industry. The guy like Jeremy Martin has to prove, oh, I can still go out and win motos even when I'm hurt, or I'm not going to have a ride. But yet you got all these other dipsticks that got rides that can't get top tens or even win a moto for that fact. Justin, that kind of contradicts what you were saying about shock. If a rider like Martin is having a hard time getting a, a ride, why would somebody give Cody Shock a 250 ride? I think my thing was you know, with Shock. I was just saying I hope he gets a ride. I don't. I don't think that if you because he hasn't proven anything in the 250 that if he deserves a ride over Jmart. I think it was just more me saying that if he doesn't have a ride, it just it doesn't really make any sense. But yeah, if you're gonna go with Jmart and stuff like that, then yeah, it, it did kind of d- contradict my point. But I think I would be just more pissed off if Shock didn't get a ride. I, I love you, brother. I'm I'm just putting you on the spot. No, man, it's it's okay. And sometimes when I when I say stuff like I don't really like go into detail, but it's just there's a lot oh, of trust go- me. Trust me, I I'm right there with you. I say some some stupid shit constantly. So. It's like my guy Mitchell Harrison. Like I said, he was out the whole entire summer, but yet he's proven time and time again he can be five to ten and go out and get on the box. But yet because of politics stuff, you know, he sat at home the whole entire summer. So there's just a lot of stuff out there that. Like guys that don't have rides or aren't getting rides, just basically J Mart. I think didn't have to prove anything this summer, and I just hope that that wrist. Because do we know if it was the same wrist that was already broken? Yeah, I think it was. Okay, wow. Well, that's not good because that would means it was fractured or it was fucked up. He has a fracture in the other wrist, and now he rebroke it or did worse. Can't be any worse than A Ray. I mean, he just have both both his arms and cast yeah, well, a ray a ray just is always pissed off um so yeah let's just uh let's go to the 450s all right great dylon 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 oh really you can be golden jet but i can't go dylon really your boner just hit the table it did it did <laughs> dude i am so ecstatic for that dude so ecstatic. That guy's made a fan out of me this year. I fu- do you think he's going to win Supercross? Let's just yep. say that. Do you think it's going to transition to Supercross? Yes, I do. It's still real. I don't know. I still have to say Coop would be the favorite, but damn it. Is he going to get a start? If he gets a start, if you tell, if you can take a crystal ball and tell me that Dylan's going to get 75% of the time going to get good starts, I will say he wins the Supercross championship. I don't know. All I know is 
we all are winning as fans because him and Coop, you're talking about a, oh an unstoppable force now meets Eli, an immovable yeah. object. Holy sh- And here's the question. You also have two dudes that their racecraft is top notch. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. like the battles, the mental chess game that is going to happen. Holy shit. Yeah, because Coop's not going to be able to make Dylan his bitch like no. he did Kenny. Um, no, and Dylan will put him over a burn if he has to, yes. whereas Kenny will be like, I don't want to <laughs> do it. Yeah. He'll, he'll Craig him. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, though, I like I know that this we're still talking about outdoors and Supercross preview is a lot, but I think we're going to be in for a very intense Supercross season. Could be cool. Because, yeah. yeah, like right now, Dylan's riding a high. I just I'm so happy for him. He proved that right now that he is just next level compared to everybody else. And for anybody out there, and this is, and we'll talk about Eli in a second. They were like, "Oh, you know, oh boy, Eli Justin's screwed it." Threaten people. Watch. Eli screwed it. You know, he killed him the second. Look, guys, Dylan knew he didn't have to beat him. I'm not saying even if he would have pushed, Eli was on one that second moto. Same thing in Iron Man. But get it through your thick skulls. Dylan did not try that second moto. He literally got out front. He knew he did to it. He pulled the gap on Kenny. I mean, he literally ripped a tear off and just looked over to Eli and just kind of did. Yeah, okay, brother. Well, see you if, later. <laughs> if you had a million dollars on the line for. I'm I'm just assuming. Let's just say round numbers, right? If you had a million dollars on the line for winning the championship, would you be okay to have Tomac go by you? <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. No. You know, I'm, I'm nine good. out of. Yeah. I mean, look at Tomac yeah. and Hurlings when he won his title back then. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I think the money talked. Uh, I mean, you can clearly tell too because like he just botched that whole rhythm section. He was like, "Yeah, that's on fine. the up hand, so. he can now afford to be vegan for the next three years." So Did you see, he good. bought DV, sent and, him a brand new two fifty two stroke. That did, was pretty cool. Did he really? Yeah. Brand new 2022. Would you be less of a fan if he just, let's say, just didn't race off. the next race? Wow. Because he doesn't no. have to. No. Well, I've uh, been a fan of Dylan for a long time, so I'm not the person to answer that question. I, so I have not been a fan of Dylan. I am now more of a fan of Dylan. I really appreciate how he gives credit. I mean, like his even yesterday, his honesty, and even yesterday. So he's he's on he's on the podium giving his his winning championship winning speech. And he's giving credit to Kenny for getting second place in indoors and possibly second place outdoors. Going, man, that's just that's impressive to do that because this is a lot. And, and then like, the fact huh. that he goes, yeah, I'd really like to win a Supercross t- championship and maybe win it, maybe maybe win another outdoor title. I'm like, bro, do you not just realize what you just fucking did? <laughs> just dominated. And then look what class. he did at Unadilla. He goes, I just don't have anything for Kenny today. Yeah. Even when they asked him, what can you do? N- nothing. But getting back to your getting back to your question here. Uh, <laughs> So, when we left Iron Man, we'd heard that he was feeling under the weather. Oh, boy. And I really, I called it on, I don't know if I said it on the show. Oh, I think we both said it. I think I think we did. That it would not surprise me to see him come out, race Paula, and then announce this week he has COVID and not race the last round. Because we were hearing rumors through the pits. Like, everybody was like, oh, it's heat exhaustion. That was not what we were hearing. No. So. It is ironic how many riders are struggling. Um, so, and it's ironic with the whole Grant Langston thing, the Max Anstein thing, uh, the, um, gosh, you know, Marvin, the other French fry, gosh, Marvin, Marvin. Yep. So it, it, it wouldn't surprise that there's more guys in the pits that are under the weather Well, uh, that just aren't saying it. Here's the thing though. I almost, and I know that this is not how it's going to work. Cause let's be real. We're not going to be that lucky. I almost hope he does race Hangtown, though, because the pressure's off now. Oh, yeah. Eli's finding his form these last couple rounds. 
We know how good Eli is at Hangtown. Now there's a debate whether Hangtown, Southwick, or Washougal is Eli's best track, but I know his biggest domination race was Hangtown 2015, so we just kind of revert to that race. I almost hope Dylan does race Hangtown because I want to see the gloves off. I want to see him and Eli, mano y mano, one last time before they come teammates. I know that has nothing really to do with that. Because you know Eli, that, that's a good point. Yeah, because Eli that, that kind could of be some bragging rights on yeah. the team because you know there's there's always going to be the favorite of one of those guys and uh, you know th- th- that is just that's a really good point, Justin and Roxon. I feel <laughs> he should be real nervous right now because if Tomac brings his A game, uh, he could potentially take that second spot and that oh, second yeah. place, you know, bonus championship money. Well, I just I really want to see that because, like I said, Eli is finding his form. He kind of can throw up the bit of mi- big middle finger to Cowie. Go, <laughs> look, guys, this is what you're this is what you're li- missing. You know, I'm going. I'm taking my talents elsewhere. This and that. But also, I know that he wants to keep. You know, he wants to send Brian Kranz off because this is the last time they will be together. You know, hey, win a maybe go one one whatever. Um, I just really hope that Dylan does race Hangtown. Because I really want to see that. Once again, we probably won't get that lucky, and it's not going to happen. But I just want to see that. Um, Honestly, I think everybody's going to get COVID this week, and there's only going to be like five dudes there next week. So I just, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I think that I didn't even think about the fact of them. Like what Johnny just said about like, hey, the bragging rights thing. Like I made the comment about being on the team, but that didn't really that part didn't cross my mind. But it go. But yeah, I mean. I just I when Eli was on the podium, I really even though it's not the last race, I really wanted him to say, "Yeah, Dylan, congrats. See you next year, buddy. How, we're gonna be we're gonna be one too, right?" Um, I don't know. I just I want to see that because we have not really seen Dylan have to be pushed to the limit this entire year. I mean, pretty much when he I know he's had a few battles, but pretty much when he's gotten no, up, I, I I disagree. I think he's he's given he's the guy that's been riding on the edge. Um, I think Kenny's the one that's been sort of making sure he's not riding over his head. I mean, he's he's led 135 laps. Yeah. Dylan's only led 86. Yeah, Kenny's got uh, some issues going on, though. <laughs> he fucking melted yesterday. Bro. I mean, fucking melted. Oh, yeah. Which doesn't surprise me. We all I mean, we thought had three we were going to see this. We've had three straight rounds of hot, and it ain't going to get any cooler going into Hangtown next week. No, in fact, you're going to be like smoking a pack of cigs every time you go out on the track no, with, the, Jesus. with the fire yeah, smoke. I so, know. Uh, How about Cooper Webb, though? We talked about this Iron Man. Coop's kind of took the brace off the frame. That frame changes. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden. Like I said, he's wearing that chest protector again. I know there's no correlation there, but like he's... 100% correlation. That, yeah, the chest protector is what does it. He, uh, so you save a little weight on the frame, you put it on your... Yeah. You spread it out over the body, you're Dude, he's, go. he's looking good, man. He's looking good. I know that, once again, we talked about this. Guys are out. It's the end of the season, but like that's just a confidence thing for him. The bike is, you know, it's literally looked like he's absorbing the bumps instead of just slamming into them now. Um, it's cool. Um, I don't really know how Hangtown's going to go for him because uh, I think Hangtown's going to be an absolute shit show. Uh, but who knows? Maybe with that, uh, maybe that frame change, maybe that bike handles a little bit better than the slick stuff. Um, I mean, Christian Craig had a pretty good day. I didn't really think he was going to race because he pulled off the second practice. He said he felt like shit. How about my boy Max Anstey though? Didn't see that top five coming, to be honest with you. Six five for sixth overall. Not bad. Not bad, considering he had uh, he had COVID, and he's dealing with other nagging injuries going on right now. 
understand, once again, field was depleted. But, uh, yeah, I was just a little – when he passed Kenny, I was like, okay, all right, get a little bit of confidence going on. That's cool. Um, God, that Suzuki looks like, like dog shit, though. Uh, yeah, and, and what's what's sad is uh, uh okay, um, do you think Anstein is ever going to get a factory ride? I heard he's going to the Rocky Mountain team next year. That's the high rumor I keep hearing. I think yeah, but uh, I need to have a chat with him about that because that's not a good idea. No, kind of like Shane going there. I think he deserves no disrespect to that Twisted T team, but I think he deserves to be on a factory bike. It's just kind of one of those things that you know with him, like you're going to get a consistent main event guy in Supercross, but outdoors. I'm I'm never one to put all the blame on the bike as for a reason why a guy doesn't do certain things, but I definitely think in this case, like, it's very obvious he did a lot better his rookie year over here in 2020. I know it was the pandemic season, but this year, once again, he's had some injuries. He's just been just been kind of there, like an eight to ten guy. Um, if he was on a and, and why is it that an eight to ten guy doesn't have a factory? Yeah, that's another thing, too. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. You the know? sport's so top-heavy right now, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And we're we're over two hours into the show. We don't have two hours for me to rant about how the promoters are fucking killing the show or killing the, the sport, so we won't get into that side of it. But, yeah, uh, yeah dude, it's fucking stupid. By the way, uh, question, and I <laughs> this kind of shows how... How I was only paying attention to certain things. I was literally paying attention to Dylan and then where Kev, Meshi, and Hubert were. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have the results up right now? Yes, I do. Where the fuck was Joey? Savachi? Yeah. 9-9 nine, nine for ninth overall. Okay. That's what I was wondering because I like, as I'm driving over here, I'm like, I never saw him the entire day. Well, let me just tell you a little fun fact here that I was just noticing scrolling through the results. One, two, three, four, five better be a fun fact how many factory bikes did we have when we started the year all of them 22 is that what we came up with well you have two for cowie two for honda uh three for yamaha one for gas gas three for husky yeah there was five guys on factory bikes in the 450 class yesterday i'm not counting like rocky mountains so. yeah 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 so kenny tomac, coop tomac dylan coop kenny and christian craig that yeah, was it. Sounds right. Five dudes. Top fives. All the top five were yep. the factory bikes. Yep. And that was it. And we had twenty two or some shit like that when we started the year. Just think Christian might not even have showed up, so it only been four. Here's another thing I just thought about. How the fuck does Rockstar Husky have three four fifty dudes? None of them are racing, no filling guys. But yet we put a fucking two fifty guy. You know who was actually supposed to have that ride was Surratt. Great. Why isn't he on one of their he bikes? He should be on a hangtown. <laughs> See, again, that's kind of the problem uh, with how come there isn't – why can't the sport afford a paid guy that just goes to all the races and just is the backup? Why is it this ready, set, panic when you don't have – because, you know, sponsors, they get all pissed off when their bike isn't out there. Oh, yeah. So – Oh, yeah. Uh, but again – it's obviously more – it's too expensive to have uh, a fill-in guy that's just sitting there. Well, what you, you know, you have a fill-in guy that trains and does everything and is just right there as, as the uh, – what is the word? Um, I'm trying to think of the dude that you go to the bar with that is there wing to help man. you pick up chicks. He's a wingman. Wingman, that's it. Yep. It, well, I mean, why uh, 
there's so much wrong with this. Like, we're the only sport in the world that doesn't have a fill-in guy. The, like, okay, the fucking what's it called? Um, the promoters should be paying or helping support the teams to make sure that at least in the 450 class, let's not even call it 250s. Let's just go 450s. You have a minimum as a factory team of two dudes on the track every single race. If the if the promoters would give a little bit to the teams, I mean, think about it. Like, think about think about Formula One. Okay, if Lewis Hamilton gets hurt, is Mercedes only taking one car to the next race? No. Perfect example this weekend in uh, the Netherlands, Kimi Raikkonen tested positive for COVID at Alfa Romeo, and they literally brought up a dude that hasn't raced in two years named Robert Kubica. Bingo. You want to know why? Because they had their shit together. Formula One <laughs> knows the what the fuck they're doing. Helps the teams. It's yes. such a fucking weird concept. Yeah, we are literally the only sport. Take out motorsports, sport in the world where you do not have a guy on standby that's the same guy all the time to back up your top guy J- or guys. JGR was cutting edge with this shit. Having yeah. Phil as a filling guy, but but even then though, like they were like they had different guys throughout the years, and I understand injuries play a part of it. But once again. Every other sport, take out motorsports, just sport in general. I mean, if the, you have a, a guy that is literally on your payroll that is set to be there if your top guy goes down or guys. If the first and second string QBs get hurt on the Patriots. There's a third QB. And a fourth. And then if that doesn't work, they take a tight end or a wide receiver. Like, it's so fucking stupid. And once again, this we don't have a long enough show to go about this, <laughs> but it is literally my biggest beef in the industry when it comes to this kind of stuff because it's like really like there's enough dudes out there privateers example once again keep you can keep letting them race their do their deal like keep letting them go out there race they're they're going in their own rig whatever but you literally have them on standby and not just oh we're just bringing you along for the weekend like we're just having you no pay them too Mm -hmm. because they're getting a bike out on the track for you like johnny just said sponsors there's certain things you have obligations like why it's like I said, with Surratt. Surratt's been the top finishing Husky privateer in the 450 class the entire year. I don't care. Take out the fact that all these dudes have been hurt. It doesn't matter. He's still the top placing Husky 450 guy. Yep. Why did why did uh, Steve Westfall and the guys at Husky not go, huh, maybe we should have him on standby just in case one of our guys goes down. Bring him in. Pay him. And oh, yeah, because we can have a bike out there and fulfill our sponsorship roles. Well, here's a good question. Permission for, for a 30-second rant. Go, Go ahead, for buddy. It. We love it. You can rant for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, I am under the impression of all the privateers that I've talked to that they, once their career is over with, it's they've got a, a sour taste in their mouth because you've got guys like Freddie Noren and all these guys that can be top 10 and they never get the recognition that they sh- they should. And my idea of fixing it is the whole like the the conversation that I've had with with Coombs and them as far as the production rule. The production rule is designed so that you can have privateers. You can you know you don't need to have a factory team to sign up to be a part of the race. Like I can go show up in my box van because I have a pro license and I can compete with the best in the world on my dealer floor equipment. That's what the whole production rule was designed to do. It was, you know, designed to allow all of us to be able to, you know, just participate and help grow the sport. However, it feels as if we've gotten to a point where there's been so much kind of backdoor deals and so much sort of ways around putting more money into making it overly expensive to try to win as far as, you know, you could just take any 
blank motorsport and say, hey, we put traction control in, we put this, and other teams can't afford that, so we've got guys that are controlling the field, etc. So my way of fixing it is let's get rid of the production rule. Let's have a full-blown factory deal where they can have R&D. You could have the real magic guys that are good with computers and fuel injection and all sorts of shit just go nut sack crazy orgasmic with building the coolest fucking bike in the world and that could be the premier class that could be where we have the champions of ken rocks and blah 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 you know the guys that are making the cream of the crop boom and then you have a sheer blown stock class where it's here we've got spec tire we've got spec frames we've got um you know just more narrowed down to where the cost is so much lower, you could have the privateers show up, and then therefore you're going to have guys that are – you're not going to have the top five guys on the best equipment. You're going to have 20 guys that could win on any different day. Almost you could have even 40 guys on any different day, and as far as you'll have more guys try to show up and qualify. I know normally they only take around 90 guys, and Coombs and I have talked, and – you know, he's actually let some more riders this year get into uh, to qualify because I had a couple friends that weren't able to to get in, and he was he did the right thing, and he was able to let them go in and uh, let them qualify. I just am bringing up ways that could potentially I could see impact the sport in in a much broader, better way as far as not having such a narrow scope because uh, lack of innovation destroys everything. I mean, you look at Kodak, uh, you look at GM with the Hummer, you know, if, if you stay in this small little bubble, you're going to get past. If we keep doing the powers of be, if they keep doing what they're doing, somebody else is going to show up and make a series and going to take all the market share and, and do something else with it, which would could potentially be better. And honestly, it might be better to have a, a competing series that is just as good because it's going to force innovation. It's going to force not being complacent and it's going to force people to try to, again, that word innovate and prove. Uh, so again, there's my, uh, maybe that was more of a three minute tangent than <laughs> anything, but that's, that's my idea. So, so my thing is, is that like, I, I agree with where you're going with it. Um, Okay, where do you don't agree? So, like, your talk, so, like, in the 450 class in outdoors, we've pretty much seen, if you put a pipe, put a map, and put some race gas in a, in a stock 450 and throw your suspension on there, like, you can go out and pretty much run with these dudes outdoors. Now, Supercross is a different fucking animal, and then the 250 class... I disagree, but I, I'm, I'm well, interested to see where you're going with this, Travis. Well, I mean, okay, so... Jace Kessler, for example, okay, because we were talking to him last weekend when we were at Ironman. That dude is out there on a fairly bone stock 450 Yamaha, and I mean he is right close to top ten. Got eleventh at a moto. Yeah, so I don't <clears throat> I don't know that the 450s are really like that far off. Like I don't know. Maybe well, then give him a factory bike, and then he's top five. I mean maybe top three. I mean honestly. The kid, I don't know how much you know about Jace. Full-blown rookie, 
Did you ride Loretta's this year? He rode Loretta's this year. And like I told you, the rounds that he rode, the 250s before Loretta's, he was literally on a box stock 250F. Yeah. And he was in the top 20. And I mean stock 250F. He didn't even have an exhaust system on it. Yeah. So that's even more impressive than he did on the 450. So, yeah, if you gave him a, if you gave him a, a factory 450 or 250, I mean, that kid has enough talent to be right there. Um, but I do agree. I do agree uh, with especially in like the 250 class and i've i've ranted about this before too so the 250 class is supposed to be the stepping stone class and now we've gotten to the point where it's like if you don't have a built 250 good fucking luck 99 percent of the time unless you have fucking the mad ass skills to pay the bills like kessler apparently does um because yeah it's but just again with so, kessler so wild I, out sorry there. sorry travis no go is, go go um in the 450 class or his continuing with his pro career Again, I'm not trying to disrespect anybody, but it's just it's a risk versus reward. You've got such a talented rider right here, and the way the system is built, the system is built for you to be a factory guy at 50s and then 60s, and then you get the equipment enough to actually make money in the sport. And now you've got a, a rider that can be top 10, but even if he is top 10, he's not going to be able to retire. And I'm just asking, could we change this so that you can give – these incredibly talented riders opportunities to showcase their talent on a huge stage in order to try to um, create a better life for them and their family where the way the system is right now is you're being compared to somebody that has such uh, more improved equipment than you to where it's it's not even fair god i'm sounding like a liberal here so i'm just gonna shut up continue Trevor. <laughs> no 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 i'm uh, like you and i are you and i are, are are on the same page here with this stuff so in my opinion the way this should work okay these factory teams should not be able to sign these kids or give them bikes until they're at least say let's just Let's just say for for argument's sake here, let's just, let's just say 16 at this point because that's when you can turn pro, okay? So at 16, they can sign them. There should be, in my opinion, a, and because I don't have a term, an EMX class for Supercross and Outdoors, which should be bone stock 250s with nothing but suspension, and you can change your handlebars on them, okay, for these kids to step into the realm of pro racing, now, I don't know whether you open that up and you just let that kind of go with everyone um, or, you know, you don't have an age group so you can ride like let's just let's just cut the points. Let's cut the age shit. Every class is wide open. So you have a 250. We'll call it entry class, which is where these kids come in or these guys who don't have any funding. They can ride a bone stock 250 with different handlebars and suspension because obviously, as we all know, suspension's critical. You don't want people riding Supercross on stock suspension, um, especially with these guys going as fast as they are through Supercross. You don't, you don't want that because we don't want anybody getting hurt. So you can change suspension. You can change handlebars. That's it. Outside of that, stock motor, stock mapping, stock everything. I mean, <laughs> literally to the point of like, make the fucking, make it, make the promoters or the team sponsor the class and anybody can pick any fucking bike they want to ride. So that way these promoter or these, these factories have to try to build the best stock platform 250F for these kids that want to run it. Okay. Then go to your say full mod 250 class or whatever, which is where you have your pro circuits your your Honda HRC teams, your Star Yamahas, all this stuff. You can build the motor, you can build the suspension, you can go full blown, and that is a full done, 
full done class. Um, and then 450s, make it the same way. But you have your entry level class or your your budget class, we'll call it whatever. Um, which I'm sound. I'm talking in circles here because I'm trying to add in like the budget friendly part of it. Because I had this all worked out with like bringing the kids up, yeah, as like an entry level deal. Mm-hmm. But then, but like, but like I keep saying, take the factories out of the amateur racing because I had that written down too with with what you touched on earlier about these amateur kids. They sign these star racing deals or whatever, star team green, whatever. And then at 14, they're racing schoolboy two on a full blown pro circuit Geico star racing bike, and they're waxing all these kids who you know, are like me and have a stock Yamaha 250F that it's like, what the hell am I even doing against these guys? There's no way I can touch them. And it's fucking bullshit. And then we wonder why these kids get to the pros and then they shit the bed. Well, that's because for four years they've been in amateurs just waxing everyone. Well, yeah, it's easy to wax everyone when you have twice the horsepower suspension that does exactly what you want it to do. And your bike shows up at the race and it's clean, put together, fresh And you piston. have a 15-minute moto. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's easy to fucking do. Now, what's not easy to do is to get out there for 30 minutes and race. And, and this is where I think it would work well with having like a stock 250 class that is the entry level where the kids have to go through two and you got to race, say, two, three, four years there or whatever. And you can't, you can't go to the mod class till, say, you're 20 or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm spitballing this literally as we're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I. Sorry, Travis. No, go ahead. Continue. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on board. I, I think the the whole amateur scene is needs to be revamped because the pro scene should be just that that should be the pros if you're looking for other riders to be on a team you should be looking at from the pros you should not be looking to try to draft the amateurs i know we want to try to treat this like football and every other ball and stick sport but it's it's not i think you you race amateurs that's just the thing you race amateurs in order to get to pro you know just thousand foot view amateurs to pro then from pro that's where you're being picked and choose for one of the better teams but but even um, but even go but even go ball and stick sports what you just said okay what are these kids making in the amateurs before they go to college, in college, whatever. Well, I now mean, they're just starting to make money. Yeah, they now they're starting more. to make money off the NCAA. But for years here, it's been with the NCAA. Well, you, well you now can't they're even like make legally money. allowed. To. Yeah, but for years so, it's been where you can't even make money. Okay, cool. So again, make legally. it, make it legally. where yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, legally. But so again, make it where these kids can't make money, and then what? Like I said, when they turn sixteen, they can go. We'll put in quotations pro. And, and this works even better, in my opinion, now that I've thought about it for 30 seconds, of if you had a class, an entry-level class, where, say, your, your title was 75000 you if you were if you won the title, it was you know 50000 for second, whatever, and they paid you, say, 2000 bucks a race, um, you know, to, to race it, essentially, okay? Every, everyone in the class got... 2000 bucks because you're part of the show. So everyone who made the the main the the motos whatever, you got 2000 bucks automatically, right? So you're not making great money, but you're making money. And they're like I said, these manufacturers, they all got to put up bikes for every single person in it. You could limit it somehow. I I mean, I I don't know so, how you would do that, but limit it where you only have 40 dudes 
who come and show up for that or like in the outdoors you have say 60 dudes who come and try to qualify whatever yeah. do it that way and then it works because if if that's a there's no age range in that class okay if you want to come out and you want to be quote unquote a pro rider and you want to ride this entry class whatever the fuck we want to call it emx 250 we'll just say it's that okay and you want to be able to make money because you're you're making money for your starts if you're good you're winning titles whatever and then these kids can come and get in the pro ranks they're doing full-blown full-length pro races in this emx class but maybe they're racing a dude like a J-Mart, say, who's 28, 30, been in the class for fucking 12 years, you know, whatever. It'll teach them that, like, what have we heard from some of these guys? Like, Kitchen, what did he say? It's like every, it's like racing against a bunch of dudes that you slept with their wives. Like, everyone's out to fucking get you, okay? So these kids get brought in. They're on bikes that aren't quite as fast because they're stock 250Fs just with suspension. They're racing maybe some seasoned dudes who are, like, good riders, but not quite good enough to make that next step and be on one of the factory 250 or 450 teams. I mean, and just go from there. Cause then your factory, you're, you're teams, talking more of like F3, F2, F1 kind yeah. of a, yeah. well, a breakdown. Yeah. See, and that's where I was going with this because I have kind of a mixture of both of what you guys are saying. And I know this will never happen because they would also have to pay this, but it is kind of like what Johnny just said with the, the way they do <clears throat> formula one, formula two, formula three, you know, they do the, the DTM series. I think what they need to do, and once again, this will never happen. This is a pipe dream, but I think it is honestly a little bit of both of what you guys have said and what you and me, Travis, have talked about is Supercrosses outdoors do the same thing. Keep doing what you're doing. But on Saturdays, same thing at both Supercross and outdoors. Don't change the programs the way you do qualifying motos, whatever. Saturdays, you have the factory dudes. So for Formula One, it'd be Sunday. You'd have the factory guys. Set Everybody comes in for Saturday night for Supercross or for the Nationals. You have the factory teams, all the top dudes in both 250, 450. Sunday, you have these amateurs that are coming out of it. It's kind of like what they would do in the Formula 2, Formula 3. The top guys would come up. They're not allowed to race Formula 1. They have to prove themselves in Formula 2 or Formula 3. And then you have the privateers. Same 250 and 450, though. Not just one class. Not stock. You can do whatever you want to the bike if you want to put $20,000 in your motor, but you're spending your own money, kind of like what you're doing now. Same thing. You do a set, you get your Supercross mains, 15 plus one for 250s, 20 plus one. But the thing is, at the end of that series in Supercross and Outdoors, the winner of 250-450, just like in Formula 2 and Formula 3, you get a shot at being on a factory team, whether the teams like it or not. Because all the guys that win Formula 2 over in the Formula 1 series or Formula 2, whatever, they get a shot at being in a seat with a factory team the next year. Doesn't always necessarily mean it's going to be got what would be the factory Honda team or the factory Kawasaki team, mm-hmm. but you get a shot at being on a team, whether the team likes it or not. They don't have a choice. So like the winner of Formula 2, or no, perfect example, the winner of the DTM series, the Ferrari team right now, is a former, former Red Bull guy, and you might remember the name from the Drive to Survive series, Alex Albon. He was Max Verstappen's teammate when... They switch from Max Verstappen or from Alex Albon to Pierre, from Pierre Gasly to Alex Albon, and now which is Sergio Perez. Alex Albon went to the DTM series as Ferrari. He's about to win that series. He's going to get a shot at Formula One again next year with the Williams Mercedes Benz team mm-hmm. because he won that series. So you do Supercross and Outdoors. The winner of the 250 series gets a shot at a factory 250 team, or the winner of the 450 that series, whether you want to call it the privateer series, the feeder series, whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah. And they still get paid money. It's not like they're yep. just doing this to go to a team. The winner of the 450 series, maybe he doesn't necessarily get a shot with Honda, 
but he gets a shot with the Rocky Mountain team. He gets a shot with the Moto Concepts team. He gets a shot with whoever has got a, a 450. Because let's be honest, it's better to be on a team than doing it out of the back of your fucking sprinter van. Like, let's be honest. If you told Jace Kessler, hey, bro, you're going to go ride for the Twisted T team next year. You think he's going to tell him, no, I don't yeah. want to ride? He's going to do it. Yep. It doesn't matter yeah, whether it's... Yeah, if anybody's just going to give you the ability to yeah. not have to drive and just fly to the races, everyone is going yeah. to take that opportunity. You guys both make you know really good uh, suggestions on how to improve. And to Feld's defense with what's going on right now is, from what I understand, is the new Supercross futures are only going to be the, the Supercross future so just a couple classes in order to qualify for to get your pro license for supercross and uh, yeah correct me if i'm wrong that that to me seems like that's kind of going on the the right direction and yeah. um again we've 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 beaded this into the ground i as far as for motocross the whole again i i feel like the problem starts from the get-go with the amateurs you've got what's happening with tracks being closed and organizations being closed i personally think they need to get away from ama because you've got 27 fucking classes a weekend so you can only um you're only on the track for five laps and eight, eight you're minutes. there all up and day and and then it's all about the amateurs it's all about i mean the amateur nationals as far as it's the road to loretta you do <laughs> well at loretta you're going to get a factory ride at least that's you you do you win loretta your career is handed to you. That's, that's the dream of the way it's built right now. And what I would do is if, if you're, I would stay, get the fuck away from AMA, but if you had to have some sort of sanctioning body, whatever, I would say in order to even qualify to start getting to the regionals, you'd have to race at least five races at your local sanctioning deal. Yeah. And then if you, uh, because then that would force all the Tomax, all the kitchens, everybody that doesn't race locally, they would show up. And therefore, you'd have more talent because you'd have better competition and et cetera. And it would build the sport from a local level because you'd have all the greatest names, all the best people having to compete at their local state level. And if they do well and win all five races or something, and they're let's say they're in the novice class, well, then they're regional. They're racing now the regional at the amateur deal and so then now they're qualified for loretta to race amateur where previously they would be sandbagging in the f and beginner class or the novice class kind of a thing that's the way i would try to structure it um from the ground up but again the logistics involved i don't know everything that's going on so it's a it's a big problem um i like i like that idea where they have to go race like five local races because honestly it wouldn't be that hard well, every, almost every track you go to, you scan your fucking card now. We, we in the def- computer system. We definitely need to figure out yeah. a way for these dudes, like a new way for these guys getting their pro license. Because we know, I mean, we have people around here that have pro license. Everybody, every state has that we know shouldn't. And I understand <laughs> it. And I'm not calling out anybody specifically, but you know who I'm talking about. <clears throat> but I looked at the timesheet as Aust- I always Austin like, Wagner. At least Austin has been done national. Whatever. Anyway, uh, I looked at the timesheet from Paula. And we're talking about a track that we heard it a million different times, whether from industry insiders, people on TV, whatever. You can go to Paula, kind of like Glenn Helen back in the day, and it doesn't matter that the track is different. You still know how Paula flows. You know where the fast lines are. There were guys in both 250 and 450 from California that were you know, at the back of the qualifying in the B group, but they were 
32 seconds a lap slower than Jet. And now everybody would be like, well, that's just the difference between the best in the world or the best in that class in the back. Yeah, you're right. There has got to be a huge disparity. But I want the, the per- everybody listen to this to think about for just, just one second. If you are 32 seconds a lap slower and you race somebody for 35 minutes, what that gap would be at the end of the day. That's not acceptable. I'm sorry, in my opinion, and I and I, I, I work for privateers. I know the privateer struggle, how hard these dudes work to get licenses. But I'm sorry, if you're 32 seconds a lap slower than the lead dude, it doesn't matter if it's Jet Lawrence or fucking Eli Tomac. I'm sorry, buddy. You probably don't deserve a pro license. That would be like me racing A-class. It's just, it's not... I mean, literally. Yeah, uh, and, and it, it's just how the system is designed. There's oh, not yeah. that many riders... What what is the incentive for people to try to show up and spend money? Because again, it's the whole risk versus reward thing, and that's that's why we're sitting here talking about starting from the ground up. Because you literally would have the best of the best starting from the bottom, <clears throat> getting into the pros. And, and I'm not going to sit here and say that and uh, in, in rub people's faces in it. Because quite honestly, every national that I went to, I was around 15 to 20 seconds slower than um, the best in the world. And but you know, that's that's just how it was. And I was also um, going to bring this up, Johnny. Like you were privateer, you raced the nationals. Okay, fifteen to twenty seconds. But once again, though, twenty seconds compared to thirty-two seconds. That extra twelve seconds is a lot. And if you looked at your timesheet after, and you go, "Holy shit!" You know, I was thirty-two seconds. I mean, I don't know what, when, like, what you, yeah, the time frame it, it, it you were could racing. Dangerous for yeah. the the riders. And I, and I don't know at the time frame yeah. of like when you were doing nationals. Like, who was in the you know who the top guy? Like, was it was it Kenny his rookie year? Was it you know Eli? Yeah, uh, it was still Tomac and, okay. and Kenny. And, so if you, uh, this yeah. isn't yeah. If you looked at your timesheet and you go, "Holy shit, I'm thirty-two seconds a lap slower than Kenny." I understand it's Ken Roxon. He's about to go win this four fifty championship. I'm going to be real honest, or I'm going to be like thinking you're probably not going to be super super happy with yourself at 32 seconds lap slower like that's the thing is is well, that nope go ahead i sorry i keep i keep no it's, so, it's fine so buddy Justin, i actually we, wanted your opinion got, on it. yeah oh it, it's it's never fine i hate that word fucking fine is is frustrated irritated <laughs> nervous and emotional um so now we have a problem you know we know what the problem is that we've got some riders that should potentially be be booted out of the class well yep. How how do we go about fixing it? How do we fill in for so that we have more guys showing up? That's that's really the problem, um, because right now we've got the manufacturers we're show, they're they're leaving the showroom floor. You know the supply and demand. Uh, is it a issue where there's not enough motorcycles being built, so the demand looks like it's better than what it actually is, or is it is it both? Is there people willing to try to buy motorcycles right now? They just can't ha- get them. You know, it's yeah. Do you get where I'm I'm going with this? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I get Maybe it. I not, just yeah. It's just one of those things that, like I said, you know, I've I've wrenched for privateers. I've I've been to all you know pretty much all the nationals. I've seen it, and I understand how hard these guys work. But and I and I always like to use this as a reference because I know it's the the cool thing now. But like being a Formula One fan for as long as I have, like kind of like to be like, oh yeah, I've watched for you know. But Formula One is an example, like. That's the thing is, is that there's only 20 guys that are racing in the Formula at, in the Formula One circuit. You know, right now the top two guys are Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. The guys that are consistently mm-hmm. 19th and 20th are the Haas guys, Nikita Mazepin and Mick Schumacher. Nikita Mazepin is there because his dad is an oil mogul, and Mick Schumacher is obviously Michael Schumacher's kid. But the thing is, is that on average, uh, average weekend, 
If everything is going right for Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, those two dudes are on average two seconds a lap slower. Now, once again, this is racing cars, and that is completely different than racing dirt bikes. But even at the end of a 55-lap yeah, yeah, so. race or whatever the race weekend, this past weekend in, the, in Zenfoot, it was 72 laps, it's a hazard when you're that much slower. Now, you talk about a guy that is 32 seconds a lap slower. Like, bro, if you're getting lapped however many times you're getting lapped or whatever, like it's not – it's like you said, it's a safety thing at that point. And, and I don't really know how you fix it because obviously MX Sports is not in the yeah, habit and, of... Yeah, and they kind of have it built in as yeah. far as how they, they fix it with the qualifying. Because yeah. the, the 40 riders that end up on the gate, they're really only max 20 seconds slower than yep. um, the leaders. But again, it, it sounds as if we're all sort of in agreement on the whole F3, F2, F1. Yeah. You have an unlimited class that has a bunch of everybody and then you've got the f2 class that has a bunch of the guys that are the are stepping stone comparable equipment yeah that are that are fairly close we should just follow formula ones johnny you know? let me ask you this how how did you get your pro license so i had to have get my pro points so you have to have what was it 65 75 pro points and um you, you go to the pro ams okay. and I went through the pro-ams, and I had about 50 of my points, and my buddies were telling me, like, I was seeing other riders that were just what Justin was saying, was, hey, these guys are much slower than I am. How the hell did they get a pro license? And they told me that they just got, uh, wrote a letter, you know, <laughs> and so then I went to hold the Loretta deal, and if you qualified and finished at Loretta, you were guaranteed a slot for your, your pro license. So I went through the Loretta deal, but then I also wrote a letter and had some stuff with for Jeff Canfield, and he uh, approved me for uh, for motocross. And at the time, he was like, "Hey, Johnny, I think this was like 2013 or so." Um, he was going, "Hey, Johnny, do you want your Supercross license too?" And I was going, "You know what? I barely on a Supercross track. No, I, I don't deserve to have a Supercross license at the moment." And so I declined it where that was how you got your supercross license at the time is you were just given it with a motocross license. And, um, that was probably the biggest mistake I made in, in my professional career is, is declining, uh, that deal, but no, you know, so they've been making it much more difficult in order to get a license because the, where you used to do it is you just got like 65, 90 or so points, or you went to Loretta and you, you know, finished, uh, in the pro sport class at Loretta hmm. and, but there was always a way around it for just writing a letter. And then you'd have to have other guys or teams or anybody vouch for you. And if you had good people vouching for you, I had, um, you know, Donnie Hanson, I had him vouching for me and you could get around through that direction. So, okay. and, and the rules are, are still sort of the same now, uh, as far as, they're more of like guidelines than actually set in stone. No, but. the AMA has no guidelines. Those <laughs> rules are like on fucking tablets, like the Ten Commandments. That's why right? I also found it, found it funny that you could just jump straight into you get your pro license, jump straight into 450 Supercross, and just be like, "Yeah, I'm just riding with the best guys in the world." Totally fine. Don't have to ride the 250 class. Well, I mean, that's what Weston did. I know. Like Weston, yeah. Well, just they, jumped they straight started the doing that in the 90s because they didn't have any riders showing up for Supercross. They weren't filling the gate because it was so much dangerous and nobody was good at it. 
So how did they how did they change that? Well, they started just kind of giving whoever wanted their pro license away, you know, and that's a condition of just the sport being not as big as what it is. And quite honestly, you know, not trying to just talk shit and down about the sport is, you know, we've, we've got a much bigger sport than what we did have. But unfortunately, we're not in the heyday like we were in the 90s, where it seemed like people were making quite a bit more money. But at the same time, if you looked at the cost of going racing in the 90s, you know, factory 1-800 collect Honda, they had like a little box van and shit, and you had two strokes that were easy to take care of. Bring back and two now strokes. we've got multi-million dollar semis that have million dollar motorcycles, multiple of them you know, chilling in the, the semis, like we can see where the, the issue is coming. And, and I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, the sport is bigger than it is. It has grown tremendously, but everybody that is in the sport of motocross and supercross, we've got such a narrow mindset and we think it's everything. That's our entire life. Um, and it's, it's interesting how small the actual sport is. And I'm kind of contradicting myself saying that it's grown quite a bit more and hence where we have to implicate or we have to have more provisions to allow people to not anybody show up to get the pro license because it can be dangerous uh, however the sport still isn't where i believe it should be as far as growth and i think it's a cost thing where the same thing as you buy a thirteen thousand dollar 450 i mean fuck a, a 50 is like 4500 bucks and is this inflation or or what is causing the hike it's becoming an elitist sport as far as almost like road racing. And we see what Moto America is like, you know, as far as how many people are showing up to raise F and crotch rockets. And there's like three or four guys that are actually getting paid to do it. So again, digressing and ranting. So boom. There. I, no, I mean, you're, you're right on, you're right on point with the growth of the sport. And I've ranted about this before and I won't go into a very detailed rant, but I mean, the problem, the big problem we run into is these promoters think that like, TV is the fucking answer and TV is not the fucking answer. Okay. Half these dudes with YouTube channel. I mean, dude, what are you streaming? That's where I feel like a big portion of the, what do you get on an average video for view wise, Johnny on YouTube? Um, view rise. I'm 10 to 30,000. Okay. So you're 10 to 30,000 and all for all intensive perp. How many subscribers do you have? I have, I feel like I'm everyone's guilty pleasure here, so I'm only 27. I've got more cryptocurrency subscribers than I do motocross <laughs> subscribers, oh, but Jesus. I'm only at 27.2 because I've, I've looked at the analytics, and <laughs> and less than 80% of the people, there's, there's only about 20% of the people that watch my videos are actually subscribed to it. Okay, yeah, that's the way it works. Is like usually like fifty percent or less, and that's all has to do with algorithm shit, which we can talk about Stupid off the air. But yeah, because it's dumb and it's it's killing us too. But anyway, so okay, so you're twenty seven thousand. You're averaging somewhere between ten and thirty thousand. And from my understanding, a good night of a Supercross race viewing on the network is three hundred to half a million. I mean, that. Uh, you're getting you're you're getting ten percent as a part time YouTuber just spewing out you know whatever comes into your brain, man. So comedic relief, yeah, racing analysis, exactly. So it's fucking dumb. It's like these promoters are oh TV TV TV, and they sign these stupid ass TV deals, and the TV doesn't pay them anything, and they don't they don't move any of the TV money to the teams, and then we wonder why the sports dying. Well, the sports dying because if you gave me fuck half a million bucks 
I could stream the fucking races on YouTube, probably generate a million fucking views a week, easy, which is way more than they're getting off fucking NBC Sports or whatever the fuck you got to watch now. Like, it's fucking dumb. This is how stupid these promoters are. Is they can't see the writing on the yeah, wall. Yeah, I think NBC's actually dropped... Um, is it... I think they've dropped the moto coverage, so it's going to be a stream only on Peacock, which is yep. already hard enough to uh-huh. watch the races. You have to be a fan to be able to sniff through the dark web to be able to fucking find <laughs> Moto 1 and Moto 2, where it's not just like, oh, hey, look, cool, there's uh, UFC fighting on the TV. I'm going to watch that. I'll love baseball. You know, it, it's it's much harder to find it. it it's very they're, – they're killing as far as their – there's not a shotgun approach. It's a sniper approach to finding new, new followers, new viewers. Yeah, well, you're you're right about that too. Like trying to find it, dude. Justin, didn't I have to ask you how the fuck to find it in the Peacock app when yeah. we switched to yeah. Peacock? When Supercross, when we when I first mentioned the whole thing back in like December or whatever it was in the group chat, like, yeah, we're switching to Peacock. You're like, how the fuck do I find? But that? I wouldn't be surprised if Monster Energy Kawasaki starts streaming because I don't know if you guys have noticed that their YouTube channel of five hundred thousand subscribers has constantly have a twenty four hour stream of Supercross. Where they continuously have about two thousand guys wait. watching at a time, and and I do have to say again, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. The whole MX Sports with the Loretta Lynn stuff, they've done a really good job with. That was fun to watch this year. Okay, that know? and that's and, cool, and I like that. But that that again too, it's it's racer TV, which I guess yes, if you went to. I didn't realize this year it was on YouTube years prior. You had to specifically go to racer TV. Cause I've watched Loretta's for about the last three years or like had Coverage it on a lot better this year. Yeah. yeah. We're like, and, and that's like how the CrossFit games have done it for a few years and they get millions and millions of views and it's all just been streaming through the, the Look, YouTube app. I'm just waiting you know, for so they're, they're definitely onto something. And then I, I guess I will go one further. And again, forgive me for, uh, cutting you off, Travis. It is your show. I'm sorry, I do apologize. When you have riders that have got big followings like the Deegans, <laughs> they got more views for the 85 class, something like two to three times than, say, the pro class as far as viewership goes. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm just waiting for so, them to have like a full streaming channel of their own and just film Hayden's life and just follow him around. And then like when he goes pro, they just make a big deal, just stream him. Hey, you can just watch Hayden Deegan. Just waiting for that day. You know, because the Jet yeah. Lawrence thing is coming too. By the way, I know we've gone way off topic of talking about the race, but since we're just talking about every random thing, really, Jet Lawrence only fans. Yeah, sorry, huh? I, I tend to. Do no, that man, to we d- we did it too. Trust me, we we start that that whole freight train. Uh, Jet Lawrence only fans, though, huh? Really that's awesome. Wish I could have been there. God, that's the stupidest shit. Why? I'm just <laughs> that camp. I, is making so much money over yeah, there. Yeah, but like, oh my god, when I saw that, people like the funny thing Which was camp? the jet, the Lawrence so, Brothers Myrtle Johnny, jet. You saw thing. at Paula how they had a literally a section of the track uh, just for Jet Lawrence. It literally said Jet Lawrence only fans, and they were making them pay a little bit extra, kind of like a VIP treatment thing. Well, yeah, they went. They got. All the Red Bull and donuts yeah. you could eat. And then and he drink came there and, and he came and hung out and yeah. signed some autographs. Dude, that's, that's a smart business right there. Bingo. Hey, don't get me wrong. Brand behind you. I'm not. Like, look at look at the Deegan. You know, Hayden Deegan's going to be able to strong arm pretty much yeah, any factory ride um, to give what they want. 
Look, and I'm, whatever it is as far as factory parts, they could they could get whatever. Like, no, you give all the cool shit to me. You know, even if you have one of the specially designed deal, it's gone on Hayden's bike because of the amount of followers and money we have behind. Even like, if that's you have huge. these ten thousand dollar method Look, dirt bike wheels that we're not actually going to make, but we'll put them out there like I, we're going to make them. I like, had no, I get those. I had no problem with yeah. what they did with Jet. Like their marketing team is killing it right now. I just when I saw that, I had to bro, chuckle. Because I bought two fifty dollar yeah, Jet Lawrence t shirts. Yeah, that should tell you everything you need to know just, about their marketing I, team. I saw oh, that and I go fifty dollar t shirt. Yeah, Travis, we were walking through it, Iron Man, and he's like, "Oh, I gotta Wait, find them." Wait, hold on. Let's tell the full story here. Okay, so. So, Johnny, I'm a huge Jet Homer. Oh, okay? he's a Jet Homer. As most to the people limit. are nowadays. I find out at Redbud after the race that they have Jet t shirts. And I'm like, fuck, how did I not know that? Then I find out that they were selling them at the Red Bull tent at the race. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to kill myself. So I come home and I get That's on Jet's job. website. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll just buy one off the website. No problem. Oh, well, we only do limited releases and we're sold out online. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. So we're at Iron Man. And I'm like, yo, Justin, when we're walking around in the morning, we got to go by the Red Bull tent. And if there's if they're selling, I'm like, I'm going to get one. Even though they're 50 bucks, which like is way out of my price range for a T-shirt. Like that just is... Re- but I'm like, dude, I got to have one. So anyway... So we walk by the Red Bull tent. There's a line. We're coming back between like 250 and 450A practice to go to a different spot for me to film. And boom, there's no line. So I'm like, fuck yeah. So I run in. I'm like, yo, you have yeah, there's no line for a $50 t-shirt. Oh, no, dude. You should have seen it when we went in there. It oh, was bro, out it was, the door. Yeah. First. Eight, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, 20 stupid. people deep to get them. Right. So then I go back in. I'm well, like, fuck, they should be charging 75, 100 bucks for a t-shirt. Well, in all, in all fairness, it worked out for me because the ones he was selling at Iron Man were all signed. And like I walked up and I'm like, yo, I'll take one. And then I was like, wait, are those signed? And the girl's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, shit, you better bag up two then because I'm going to wear one and I don't want to wear a signed one and not have a signed one just hanging out. Yeah, so, you know. So I bought two. Yeah. One's going to go on the wall of the, of the studio here eventually and the other one I'm going to wear. Look, man, and you didn't even no, no, grab right, me right, a right. fucking I donut. That. That, you didn't that even sounds... grab me a donut. He didn't, didn't have donuts left, okay? Okay. And you well, didn't need a donut. I wanted a donut. No, you need to walk more. You didn't need a donut, all right? <laughs> Yeah, okay, bud. But anyway, but yeah, so yeah, so I got two signed Jet Lawrence t-shirts, man. 100 bucks. Ridiculous spend on my end, but whatever. What are you what are you going to do, right? We all got to have something. Yeah, no. I I think that's justifiable and and they're doing good that their stock is that valuable that uh they can get away doing that. You know, that's that's smart because it's, you know, he's a young kid at 17 and he's already thinking afterwards you know again i'm using hayden deegan as an example here but it's the same thing with walker and you've got aj you know these guys dino you know this is a good sort of exit strategy to the dangerous job that is supercross and motocross as they can make a living not being on a factory team anymore yeah because everybody's and that's, broke apparently. that's just thinking ahead you know that's i that i Words are supposed to go here. I commend Jet for for thinking that far ahead. He, he's surrounded himself with a good group of people. So far. So far. I hope it stays that way. Well, as long as Myrtle's there. I don't want to find out 10 years after he retires. That he broke. has no money? Yeah. Like everybody else? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's a thing. That's, that's the problem. Um, again, very few people can retire in this sport. And the problem is it doesn't matter if you're getting paid a million dollars, three million dollars for your contract. Well, you're given 
you know, 400,000 to your trainer and then your flight and do, 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 do. So let's just say you're, you know, you're, uh, netting, you know, after everything, a million and a half a year. Well, to any normal person that does a nine to five job that gets paid 20 to $40 an hour, that's something that they could live off of in retirement for 20, 30 years. Well, when you're used to having a million dollar home that the property taxes alone are 20 grand a year, you know, it becomes very not cost effective to have no income coming in and having to sell and downgrade. Last thing people want to do as far as feeling that they're successful is downgrading their their livelihood or, or the way they go about living. You know, you, you feel as if you're failing if you have a nice million dollar mansion and now you're going to a, a residential home. You know, to most people, they would be belittle themselves for that. But as far as a racer goes, that is the livelihood that they need to be thinking about um, is you're not going to be able to sustain the, the living that you're accustomed to racing a motorcycle when you retire at 25 years old or even 28 years old, because now you've got 40 fucking years of trying to <laughs> retire. It just, it just, it's, it's a major problem that I think, again, the sport is not doing as good of a job with letting people know that, Hey, even if you're making a hundred grand a year racing dirt bikes, what is the longevity of you doing that? Like it's a, it's a sincere problem. Financial education. That's what we need. Exactly. In the pits. That's why I, it, 1,000%. That's why I think, uh, the pro license deal should, should be, you have to be 18 or even 21. You have to be a fucking adult. You have to experience life a little bit and you have to get education through, you know, I'm, I, it sickens me how many kids are homeschooled at the moment because I have a sincere problem. Again, I'm going on a tangent guys. So I apologize. Uh, I have a problem with everything that's happening with the youth right now because you know as a young kid i was a kid that was i got free motorcycles i got free gear i got everything handed to me and as a young adolescent mind to me i'm better than everybody because look at me i'm i'm good at riding a dirt bike you know well that shit runs out real quick and as soon as i turn pro i race like three four nationals because i dealt with i was injured the whole time i never got to experience you know, what I felt, uh, I could, I could give because I spent 90% of my pro career until I was 27 on the sidelines injured, you know, and it's unfortunate that you got kids that are being homeschooled that have no life experience whatsoever, that when they, <laughs> when, if something catastrophic happens and the 16 year old becomes paralyzed or finds out that racing motorcycles isn't going to work as the majority of everyone else, well, they've got no fucking life skills. You know, what, what are you going to do? Go to a job interview and be like, I know how to fucking twist a throttle. They're going to be like, Oh, well, this guy's got a, a, a bachelor's degree in in business. We're going to go with him. Not the guy that can fucking twist a throttle. You know, it's, it's stupid, but I do feel that the people that give everything for this sport, if they just change their mindset, they would be successful at, anything that they put themselves to because they're willing to put themselves through so much torture and bang their head against the wall at such a, a small chance of success that if they were just to focus on all their hard work that they did for racing a motorcycle into starting a small business or anything else, they will be 
the cream of the crop of something. And, and, and again, I'm so much going on digressing on a tangent here. I, I feel the level of, you know, like even Jay's kind of told me this as far as the whole goal post thing, you know, like a, that dude, love him to death, but fuck, man, sometimes it, it really hurt me talking to him. Uh, moving that goalpost is, is racing motorcycles. Everyone feels that they won't be successful if they don't have a factory ride, if they don't, um, aren't being paid a, a crap ton of money or something when they really need to just kind of take a look in the mirror and realize that, Hey, look at how successful I am. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm able to race against the best riders in the world. You know, like that's, I'm the 1% of the riders in the world that get a race motorcycle racing. Why am I not happy unless I'm the 1% of the 1%? And like, I hated hearing, um, was it Ironman or was it Bud's Creek where I heard, uh, even Lawrence and I heard Cooper on the podium just kind of piss and fucking moan about like, Oh yeah, I rode like shit and well, it's Cooper just not going good. And it's, it just, it just sickened me. Cause it's like, dude, you went two two or you went two one and you're sitting here bitching about everything that you did poorly. Like, you know, where is your, um, your, your coach at that's sitting there saying like, Hey, no, let's, let's change the mindset and focus on the things we fucking did good. And there's so much problems that go deeper beyond, uh, racing motorcycles where kids are addicted to drugs and they're depressed when they don't get a, a relief of, you know, because racing a motorcycle gets you put into the zone where you're you're zoned out. Nothing else matters. Life doesn't exist. You are just you in that machine, and it's a beautiful feeling. And that's why we're all fucking crazy and we're addicted to racing motorcycles is because we're able to zone out. Well, when you live your life that way, you you can't blame these kids for when they're done with it by chasing whether it's a substance or something to try to get that feeling back because they were never taught that they don't need the motorcycle to have that feeling you know they could have that feeling just walking their dog down the road and again sorry i'm going way way too far into stuff and you know. <laughs> no way dude it's so. awesome it's awesome i do have so i have one final question for you because i know we've had you for like a couple hours here and we're getting towards our three hours on our on our end cool. here um so uh did you listen to uh did you listen to pulp last week when uh they had jace on there i did what did, I did. what did, what did you think because let, let me just let me just put this in i'll put it in my perspective out there and then i want to hear yours yeah because i didn't listen to it so i thought it was great um jace went on there he didn't really hold anything back i thought he was very uh polite in fact i dm jace before the show and i was like hey man yo go get him for all of us uh, go get steve for all of us carrot ear people or whatever however the fuck i worded it uh, but anyway but uh but dude i thought he was excellent in putting in the little zingers towards steve like to start right off the bat steve's like you know i know we've never met and he's like bro I've seen you at every at single fucking, fucking races for fucking six years. And Steve was like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, shit. And it just continued from there. There were all sorts of little things that I don't remember specifics. I just remember that one in specific of of Jace just throwing in little things, little jabs at Steve. And, like, Steve didn't have a counter argument for it. And, like, didn't really get flustered because he's a professional. But you could just tell that at a point he was like, 
fuck, dude? Like, this guy is getting me around every I heard the Josh Hill corner. thing was pretty uh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Like, so, because obviously Jason Hill are boys, and Hill went on his podcast and talked about the Yamaha thing, and Steve obviously fucking hates Josh Hill. Yeah, well, and then there was, then it was funny, because that, that is something, now that you've said that, it triggered a memory here of, like, of, of Steve said something about being a responsible journalist, and Jace makes some comment about, like, you mean, like, saying that someone smokes weed when you don't know if they smoke weed? And, like... Like, like I said, just lots of little zingers like that getting him. So, so what is your, cause I know, I mean, obviously, uh, Steve has said many things about you and I've come on, on my show here and ranted about Steve saying shit about you. Pumba. Uh, yeah. About Pumba Mathis there, uh, saying shit. So, um, yeah. So I, so I'm curious on, on your thoughts on it. I am full blown as far as everyone is entitled to their opinion. Um, I don't think I would ever break bread with Steve and some Not of the, the only shit one, that buddy. he's, yeah, <laughs> that some of the shit that he said is I don't agree with. Um, I do respect what he's done for the sport as far as he's given money to the privateers and he's been around for a while. I don't, however, approve of his whole gatekeeper ish where you've got to try to belittle everyone that might be competition or not. I feel that there is room for all of us, you know, fucking people like his show is built on speculation as well. Like, you know, if, if you're, if you want to watch Steve, cool, watch Steve. If you want to watch gypsy, if you want to watch Justin and Travis, you're able to do it, you know? So if you want to laugh and get, you can watch my stuff as well. And uh, it just was interesting. Some of the stuff I personally, I talked to Jace afterwards and uh, I think I didn't need a rebuttal whatsoever because he did a a beautiful job in defending me. And, and, you know, I thanked him for it because him and I have become good friends and, you know, I, I appreciate it and uh, getting it out there, Steve, I invited myself onto a show. I never have, I never have, I've got text messages that he's never replied to. So the whole thing of him saying that he's invited me multiple times is complete horseshit. The only person that invited me was Jason Thomas. And I told Jason, I was like, Jason, have fucking Mathis contact me personally and we can talk. I'm not going to, this is just stupid. If he wants to talk to me, talk to me. And, you know, I went on to one of his posts and I was like, dude, I still don't have a fucking invite from anybody. And then I get a random publicly announced, hey, Johnny, you know, calling on the show today. And I'm just like, fuck you guys. I don't have any need into talking to you guys. It's, it's, you know, I just, I don't have time for it. You know, it was my wife's anniversary and I just was like, fuck you guys. Like, what, what is this really going to do besides us just arguing? And it, we have different views. You know, he's got different political views than I do. It, that's, that's cool. You know, Uh, so I think Jace did a beautiful job, and he he did a great I, job. I mean, <laughs> like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be real honest with you. Not that this would probably ever happen, but just say hypothetically, like if ever you and me were invited on there, I wouldn't go on. I know that you said because we're you know we've had dark side. And are you talking are, to me? Or are you talking? I'm to talking Johnny? To, I'm oh. talking to Travis. Oh, I'm talking okay. to you like, because Johnny like, obviously we already know that he's got well, you know. I, I just don't understand the feeling of like he he believes that his show is is the biggest and it's like jace it, is clearly an honor a bigger to be than on him. his show jace is clearly and, bigger than him and has 
way people inside the industry know this, like the power that Jace well, has now. What what Jace says is he said that he had to have a broader view because Moto was so small. He loved he would love to sit there and, and make videos on Moto and stuff, but it's just there's not a, a, a big of market share with there. So now he talks to Olympic athletes and he's a therapist for fucking everybody around the world and you know, he's has over twenty million views. And what people don't understand is Australia as a country has around 20 million fucking people. So that would be like, you know, Steve Mathis saying that he has over 350 million views because here in America we have around 350 million people. You know, it's he's so massive. Yeah, people and, people forget that about Jace. They think, oh, he's just a moto dude. It's like, no, man, like... He's a jujitsu guy. He has surfers on there. He has Olympians. He has. He had a politician mo- last week, politician. which I listened to. And he that has, show was he awesome. has MotoGP guys on there. He has skateboarders. On, like, it's not just moto is like his passion and the small part of it, but people like don't understand this about Jace. Like, that's not really what his show started off as. Like, you go back and you listen to like some of his very first stuff, some of the people that he has on there, it's fucking insane as far as like. The athlete, like you said, the politician. I didn't know that, but the athlete side of thing, it's like Moto is like his passion. But the stuff that other people he has in there, he has fucking Olympic surfers on there. Like, no, and and that's the thing yeah. that people like people in our industry. And, and he has yeah. a pretty gnarly story. Oh, yeah. as well with 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 stuff going on. Just as we all do, we all have a story. We've all been somewhere, and. Uh, sorry, Justin. Again, look at oh, me. No. Just keep it, interrupting. It's okay, buddy. Guys. It's. It's just uh, one of those things with Steve. Like I'm not, I'm not a fan. I don't have a cool story. I'm just a privileged white kid no, from shut Michigan. The so. fuck up, man! <laughs> shut up. And Whatever, the, bro. The moral of the story is we can all coexist, and yes. we all have yes. something to give to the space. Internet's pretty you big. Know, there, there is no gatekeeping whatsoever. Um, if anything else, we're all helping grow the sport in a positive way, regardless of. Bad news travels faster than good news bullshit or, or whatever you want to say as far as, you know, people don't have the right facts involved in everything. Steve, that's it. That, 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 that's all I'm going to say on that. Oh, you no. Know, now there's more. Now I want to hear more. At some point, but <laughs> my, my problem, the, yeah. I mean, dude, Steve, future, Steve's been taking shots at us for years, too. Like, he, he'll probably say, I don't even know who the fuck those guys are. When we first started this, I don't remember, was it the first or second year? Because I've been an avid Paul listener year. for probably like six years, okay? I think and it was the and first like, year. I like what Steve does. I like the show. As Jace said the other night when he was on the show, Steve's show, if you're a moto dude and you want to be fully engulfed in moto, like Steve shit is what you listen to, which it is. And that's what I'm trying to do and like learn and all this stuff because I've only been in it really deep for five or six years now. But anyway, but. But when we started the show, I remember clearly at one point listening to a show one week of his, and he made a comment, and it wasn't mentioning us directly in name or anything, but just the comment he made, I went, that's directed at us. And like I even called Justin, and I was like, hey, man, go listen to this. And like Justin went and listened to it, and he was like, yep, that's, that's exactly pointing at us. And so now it's just gotten worse because now there's other people, yourself, Jace, whatever, who have come in and grown their podcast more. And as we all know, if you're not in the, the click, the circle, we'll call it the, the, cool ra- kids the, club. the Racer X Cool Kids Club there, like you're on the outside. And obviously, as we know, with 
everything that all of us here on this show right now know. If you're not in that that Racer X Cool Kids Club, well, then you're considered the enemy, we'll call it. And, like, obviously, none of us are really in that Racer I know you kind of were for a second, not really like Racer X, but you, you, you were one of the few of us that had a media credential at some point. <laughs> so... Look, uh, Sean well, I had to be snuck in. Cooksey snuck me in. That's how that whole thing started. Oh, I just okay. randomly uh, appeared one time. Sean Brennan doesn't like us, so it's fine. Yeah, Sean Brennan um, won't call me back either. He doesn't like us. <laughs> he's he'll... and, and it, it's it. Sorry, Travis. Yeah, it it's unfortunate. Um, finish what you're saying. About oh Sean no, Brennan. no. I he he creeps on our social media. Like I literally went in and was looking through followers and found him on both our twitter and instagram so yeah he creeps on yeah, us i've had discussions with with him as well and uh, <laughs> uh I, he, I won't i he, won't they don't they don't like us johnny they don't like us and they don't like you is what i've heard so yeah that's what we've heard <laughs> no and, and it's you know it, it's funny that uh first impressions that's the whole thing is it's, it's first impressions you get me in a, a room with somebody and you'll get a very different vibe from what i give off on the internet like dude I'm a, a, a comedic relief, funny, because there's so many people doing the same shit with, hey, this guy, you know, I'd like to thank my goggle company, and I'm going to ride better robots. next. And it's just, just robot, just robots type stuff. And um, most of media is not allowed to say certain shit because of contract clauses, and, you know, I, I, I get it, but... I'm not paid by anybody, and you're not paid by anybody. Bingo. So we can kind of say whatever the, the fuck we want. And I'll say whatever and the fuck I want. I don't understand. <laughs> okay, I guess I kind of understand why the media kind of has a little bit of a, a beef. I don't. I consider myself more of a, a comedian than the media because that way I can kind of say whatever the fuck I, you know I want. Like nobody gets mad at comedians for you know any sort of comments whatsoever because it's kind of under the the shell of oh this is supposed to be funny. Um, it, it's it's all generalized around money you know why is steve wanting to be the gatekeeper to everybody and it, it's the market share isn't that big so if you start losing viewers to somebody else you know your paycheck is going down and that's that's not good if there was more money uh, to go around everybody would be fucking happy nobody would be having beefs with each other and that's the same thing with the riders like i hate going to the track and Everyone is your buddy, buddy until you're kind of beating them, and then it's 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 war zone. It's World War Three, even in the fifty class. It's it's stupid, and but that's how we've been taught the entire way up of going about it. There is no building up, and you know, uh, Pulp is a big podcast. He's got a community where I feel he should be trying to grow and build somebody up. Like that's why. I love the cryptocurrency community. You know, the the people that I speak with that have multiple um, hundreds of thousands, and a few of my friends have got a couple million followers. These guys are are wanting to build the community, and they want to. They don't care if you you pass them. They're just trying to build everyone up. Uh, it's because everyone is making money. <laughs> Dude, I have a you crypto. Know? I have and a it, crypto question for you. Oh boy. Go for it. Is my Dogecoin ever going to go back up? Probably not. <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. Uh, What's sorry. I, 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 um, Dogecoin is is a meme deal. It's it was it was made and so it's not going back to a dollar. Go get some NFTs. No, it's it's never going to go back to a dollar. It's, it's a hype and pump. It's it's super risky coin. Um, you might be able to make money at it, but fundamentally, it's not going to change how we do business or finance, and therefore, it is a piss poor 
investment. It is is worse than buying a Suzuki Don't right now. Damn it. Um, and, and <laughs> Ooh, I, Travis. I just lost for, 20 bucks. Me, Travis. Fuck me. Oh, well, if, if that's <laughs> have it in there, dude, like, um, you, you're good. We can talk more about it because everyone has different goals when it comes to investing. And the way I am an investor is, first and foremost, I look at fundamentals. Does this have a probability of changing the world? Is this potentially a new Apple or whatever? And I know some people say that Dogecoin is could be used as a form of currency, and it's an old version of Bitcoin which hasn't been updated. And Bitcoin is not really the threshold as far as its data transfer is not designed to be a world currency. So therefore, Doge is never going to. It's going to, um, as far as the latency goes, it's going to slow itself down if it ever was it's 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 a joke the dude that invented it sold all of his in 2015 once it got to like i don't know five cents or something um Hmm. but i could help you find some better projects that are are out there because you're you're still early to cryptocurrency if somebody wants to get excited and get involved and kind of take if i feel like if you're a republican and and you want to have less government less control and you want to be um, in control of your own money and be your own bank. That's where cryptocurrency is, and, and we should be an avid uh, believer in it. If you don't believe with, well, we can politics, we can definitely talk about that. Got, I'm, I'm in I'm in stocks. Sorry, I'm no, you're okay. No, I asked the question. No, I'm I'm in like investing wise. I'm in stocks more than I am crypto. Um, and Much I don't I, I don't play in any sandbox that's anywhere close. I mean, I I listened to. Maybe it was your Gypsy Tales podcast. You guys got into it a little bit, and you were throwing around some numbers. And I don't play in any sort of sandbox like you do. <laughs> you seem to be doing well at the crypto thing, so yeah, we're 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 on yeah. different levels there. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, but again, it goes it goes back to luck. Uh, people, they've got to have, they've got to be. They, they, Thank you, thank you. I, I could, <laughs> you know, you you, 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 you you've got to be smart and you've got to be due diligent. And and people, we've got a false sense of again what instant gratification is what people want to talk about. I've been a financial, I was a financial advisor in in my twenties, and so I got all my Series Seven, Series Six, sixty three, blah blah blah, because I was like, you know what, this race thing is really that don't fucking work out. I need to make money in order to do some other stuff but it's accreditations for being a financial advisor Justin. Uh, i assume that but i was just like yep uh-huh. i don't i don't know exactly what it means i know just enough to be dangerous yeah it's kind of yeah, like all the conspiracy that, theory shit just oh enough. boy i know just yeah. you mean how you turned kevin's mom into that Dude, shh, quiet we're not talking about that on the show so. I, I guess where i'm going at it is when you have a writer like lawrence that all of a sudden just sh- jumps up and is is doing really well people think that like you know this was given to him you know he didn't have to work at it and that's the farthest thing from that's what social media really sucks at is it always shows people at their best and it shows people that are successful and it doesn't show it doesn't show, it doesn't show jet they, sleeping on a pool table in fucking belgium or whatever on a in over a garage like yeah surprised you didn't yeah, come up with Zachos, struggling with money you know. to get them to the the gps and all sorts of stuff you know like those guys have their story and I yep. would love to hear all more of their, their stories about stuff because it is hard. And, and I feel like the censorship 
is where we should not have in, in Moto as well. These guys should be able to say pretty much whatever the fuck they want without risking um, losing losing a paycheck. Yeah, you bring know? back Jay Law. Have, have you um, Have you ever reached out to any of these any of these top riders about helping them with with financial investments or anything? No, because I have I have no need in in wanting to do that. You know, I, oh, okay. I have no yeah, um, desire dead. whatsoever to do that. Like. I, I want to help the privateers, and so most of my conversations go with, with the privateers. Oh, okay. You know, I, I don't want to talk to um, the, the factory guys. Obviously, I will give advice for free if somebody wants to um, ask questions, you know, but I am not here to call up those guys and be like, hey, you know, you're making $2 million. Well, this is where we should, we should have a – you know, a 60-40 split between stocks and bonds, and then maybe we should have a little, you know, like, no, 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 no. If they're smart, they should have guys in firms that are that are doing that. And, and maybe if I was smart and a super go-getter, maybe I should. But as far as I'm concerned, the financial world and my – and I would like to mingle them a little bit. But, um, you know, people don't know that I actually started my YouTube stuff first doing financial stuff rather than – um, moto stuff is mm-hmm. because I didn't want anybody to know that. I don't know. I just, I hated the sport so much, but, um, no, I, I, to be honest, Travis, I hadn't even thought about, um, reaching out to see how, how these guys are, are managing their money. And, and truth be told, I doubt they would, uh, they would tell me cause then they'd have to, you know, share with me actually how much they make. And I don't think they, they trust me enough to be able to not make it public so therefore, I don't think any factory rider would, would ever uh, talk finances with me, which which is fine. Yeah, I mean, I just was curious because we we have talked all of us about how financial uh, uh, literacy with, I mean, everyone, but especially moto riders. And the more I dig into this, the more I find out about even these top guys how bad it is for them um, post retirement time. So just just something that yeah, but, I was spit. Bitballing of like, oh, you know, like you have this knowledge here that could actually help these guys post retirement, so that when you make you know forty million dollars, you're not broke in twenty years after or ten years after you retire. So ten. Yeah, I mean, all they would have to do is put two million dollars in a exchange traded fund that's making five percent a year. Yeah, and then there's a hundred grand right there to live off of, and you've never adding anything to the principal you're never reducing any of it that's and it. then you could stake money with crypto and you could do all sorts of different stuff um you you, you make a good point you, you do make a good point that you know it might be you, you need more time during the day dude oh i know trust me I, i'm sure we wish we all had more time <laughs> trust me i know i've only got two two companies three companies now i don't know that are all in the early stages here so most of Hell which yeah, are hand on myself. So, yeah, well, yeah, you say that. I mean, one of them is this stupid podcast, which I just pay a bunch of money to do myself. So that's uh, going great. But um, all right, boys, we've been at this for a long time. We're well, we're over three hours. Anybody got anything they want to touch on before we? Who wins Hangtown? Johnny, go first. Uh, I think it's Tomac. You know, I think that's a, a, a fun bet to do is um, he's the only one that I think has the go get right now because he wants to get second in points. You know, he's got something to fight for. I think 
uh, Roxon is in full-blown panic mode on, hey, I need to hope some people have some bad luck. Not that he wishes ill upon anybody, but just hoping that maybe somebody gets a bad start or maybe has a small tip over so that he can get out front and then kind of start to phone it in later on in the moto. So I'm going to say uh, Tomac. What about 250s? 250s? Uh, I think Jet is going to be in full-blown. Um, but he's young. He's young, so you don't. I'm thinking the people, Honda is telling him that you just need to beat Cooper. That's all you have to do is beat Cooper. Don't do the James Stewart thing where you wad 10 seconds out front. <laughs> and I think Cooper is, hey, you need to, you know. Take just, him out. You need to win. So I'm, I'm going to say Cooper wins, and I'm going to say Jets on the uh, on the podium. Okay. Justin, what about you, you guys? Uh, I agree with the Eli statement. I think as much as I would love to see an all-out brawl between him and Dylan, kind of uh, – a good look into the things to come in 2022. I just don't think that Dylan's going to have the motivation. I think, honestly, it's going to be a men- – he's been so mentally drained, I think he's just going to go in this weekend and go, I'm just going to get out with these two motos. Or maybe, once again, the sickness comes out and he just doesn't even race. Um, so I think Eli, and I think that it's going to be – if Dylan doesn't race, I think it's going to be a domination. I really think it's going to be maybe 2015 Eli domination because I just – I think Kenny's got issues, and I agree with Johnny. I think he's panicking. I think he's overheated. It's going to be hot again. And I think Eli, if he rides like he did in that second moto at Paula, we could see a minute gap both motos. Um, and as far as 250s, I'm actually, I can't believe I'm going to fucking say this shit. I'm going to go the one that everybody was pumping up for Hangtown on Schmain event Schmoto. I'm going to go the Rook. Max Volan wins <laughs> at Hangtown. Oh, bold move. I think so. I think the Jet is going to be just make it through the motos. I think that Jay Coop is going to continue to have issues. And I think we, I don't think that Jay Coop and Jet are really going to play a part in this weekend. I think, once again, Jet really doesn't have a reason to. He's got a big enough gap on Jay Coop. And I think that, that Cooper's just going to continue whatever's going on with him. It's just going to keep snowballing downhill. Um, and I think Max Volan wins. Okay. Travis? All right. Um, I'm going to stick, as boring as it is, I'm going to stick with Eli with you guys for uh, 450s. But my 250 is going to be completely different. I'm going to go with Michael Mosman. You are not concerned that he might have overheated himself that second moto? No, he sounded fine on the post-race interview I listened to today. Okay. I didn't he know. Sounded I didn't fine know. He, just, he dropped. I mean, Joe caught him, but he dropped yeah. a little bit. Okay. No, no, he, he sounded fine. He didn't okay. say he overheated Good. or anything. He That'd just, be cool to see just him get away. got him. Like, that was it. But, but yeah, he said he said post-hangtown. How do you think Volan? And uh, yeah, so how do you think Volan does? Do you buy into that hype a little bit that with him in Hangtown? Yeah, I could see him doing really well there too. Okay, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see Mosman get a win. I mean, I'm honest, be honest with you, he probably should have won Southwick had yeah. he not ragdolled himself into the ground. Yeah, um, and once again, he should have won a Supercross race earlier this year. So it's been a long time coming. Yep. If yeah, I'm, and he, he could have won a moto this this last weekend too. Yeah. 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 If I'm going off my heart though, I'd like to see Joe get a win. Um, I just think his starts aren't good enough. I think he's going to struggle with that. But yeah, I that mean, Cowie. Yeah. Those weed whacker Yamahas are too fast. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I just I think my hope for the last thing I'll say about this before we get off get off the air. I think the last thing I'll say about this is I just really hope that this weekend isn't just everybody just mailing it in and just be like, hey, we're trying to. It's the final round. What do you expect? Yeah, but the thing is for me is is like even though the points are out in 
both – well, more of the 450 class. I just – I would like to see the guys that are – because there's a lot of guys. There's uncertainty for a lot of guys in both classes going into next year. And I think there are some guys that have something that need to prove something. Yeah. And I feel like that if they just go in with a mindset that I'm just going to mail it in because it's the last round, I think that those uncertainties become even bigger because there's a lot of guys I think that are going to be racing for rides. And sure. Um, I just hope it's a good round because, I mean, if it's just boring, like it's, I don't know, it's going to take away a luster of the, the final national. But um, I don't know. I think the 450 classes would be kind of a snooze fest, especially if more guys decide to not race. <laughs> Probably. So. All right. Well, Johnny, thank you so much for coming on, bud. We really thank appreciate it. Yeah. Gave us hey, no, more than enough. Appreciate you both. You guys are, are doing your due diligence and trying to get more information out there to, to folks and, and building the sport and um, whatever I can do to, to kind of help you guys. I know sometimes my name is affiliated with um, derogatory info and you know, don't, don't talk to Hopper. So I do appreciate you guys owning up or allowing me to come onto your platform and, and speak freely and I respect you guys and I appreciate you and you know, can't wait to, to do this again with you guys. Where, uh, where can the people find you at? Um, you could find me, you know, <laughs> YouTube, uh, you know what you don't, I'll find you. Let's do that. I'll find you. Crypto.com. No. <laughs> yeah, crypto.com. Yeah. It's, uh, Johnny Hopper on on YouTube and you know Johnny Crypto on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and you know so wait you have a TikTok I, I do for crypto holy for crypto. shit this is impressive yeah, I know I actually get, I, I get almost more views on my TikTok crypto stuff than I do my my moto stuff holy <laughs> it's all the Chinese shit. robots no it's all the Chinese robots I hear you so oh god right. I, I I never wanted. Yeah, I never want. I didn't think I was old enough for a TikTok, but um, one of my buddies that makes <laughs> kudos money was saying, "Like, dude, you need to get on." And how many podcasts, moto podcasts especially, are on TikTok? Yeah, zero. Not Pulpa Max. <laughs> Fuck exactly. <that>. Exactly. <laughs> Sweet. Well, all right, buddy. Thank you. Thank really you, thank appreciate you. it. We'll be in touch. We'll definitely have you on again, man. Off season show. We've yeah. 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 And. Next Iron Man I'm at, I'll have to come by and, and say hi. Well, hey man, if you uh, I know you I know you like hate dirt bikes and stuff. Oh but Jesus! If you want to come do a uh, hate's a strong word. Hate's a strong word. If you want to come do a uh, a sick like oh, fun yeah. weekender ride at a backyard track, the weekend of October twenty second, twenty third, we have this track around here. It's called Bucks. Yeah, backyard but we call does it, not do the. We call shit. it the golf course. I'll send you a video of it, man. I got a uh, okay. I got a CRF four fifty. With your name on it, because I know you don't ride weed whackers, so you can't ride my you can't ride my blue crew. But uh, I got I got dude. I actually love the Yamahas. You know, I just think they sound funny. Well, I got a I got a Yamaha. I got a twenty one Yamaha two fifty, and I got a fifteen CRF four fifty, which actually used to be like Walker's race bike or something like that. Um, oh, so it's a piece of shit. It's been it's been oh, no. overrun. No, no, we've we've redone it all. Trust me, it's it's oh. fresh. We're like I'm looking at it right now because we we do the show in my shop. I'm looking at it right now, and I just need Justin to get over here and finish putting the stuff together that I uh, powder coated last weekend. Um, so that that way, then we should be good to go here in the next week or two. But they'll both be ready to go for this ride. All right, I got anyway. dibs on the the yammer bammer. Okay. Oh. <laughs> All right, man. I'll send like I said, I'll send you a video of the track, man. It's a it's a two day thing. It's sick. We got like Moran's 
Uh, Coach Rob's coming. We're uh, trying to talk to some other people. Maybe Kessler. Maybe. Yeah, we're trying to get some people. We need to get a hold of Bobby and, and Meshy. Yeah. Hubert will be hard because I think he's going to be in California. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, it's a fun couple of days, man. It's just a backyard track. They, you know, come once stay again, in a little small town and we'll drive you around and, and back, show you a good time. Once again, backyard is not the perfect word for it, but it isn't somebody's backyard. But you look at it and you go, yeah, they could hold a national here. Yeah. So it's pretty sweet. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Grassroots. Grassroots. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, thanks, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. We will talk to you soon here, buddy. Awesome. Bro. <laughs> yes. Johnny fucking Hopper, everyone. It's good. A little insight. It's got great takes, man. Great takes. Yeah. I think, um, I think other than Gypsy, this is kind of the first time he's really like over as far as like Jace. That was the only other time really. I think people kind of really insight to like how he, how he operates and what his thought process is. And I think it's funny that he always like apologizes for going on like <laughs> tangents and shit, but it's like we do the same fucking thing. Exactly. So, all right, everyone. Well, we have been at this now for almost three and a half hours. <laughs> Had to be on a fucking beach somewhere. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, um, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to check out our show sponsors. BC Pizza, TLR Coatings, Premier Custom Trailers, Alias Sport, Complete Racing Solutions, Dirt Bike Depot, JT Cycle. We will have a fantasy show. Did I get them all? I blacked out a little bit there. (laughs) We will have a fantasy show this week. We will have a fantasy show this week. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment down below because I know there's going to be some comments because we had Johnny fucking Hopper on. Carrots in the ears. Carrots in the ears. I don't know what the fuck that means. I'll I'll explain to you when you're older. Um, Make sure links in the description for everything. We'll see everybody next week to wrap up this season with Coach Rob.